0: We are New York, Bernie and Sit in the morning. hot Radio
1: seventy-seven WABC. Smoke a cigar while I sing. Go ahead, Mike. It's <laughs> going to be somebody <laughs> different. Without a cigar. Eleven thousand six nine forty-six. <laughs> Napoli.
2: Here's what they say.
3: When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza
1: pie, that's. the so morning.
3: Good morning, New York. The From the like Bernie the and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the, the 77 WABC app. One of my all time favorite songs right there Dean Martin. Ring, ting- I remember the old uh, mob hits, ladies and gentlemen. It was, uh, I couldn't get enough of it. And it's appropriate because uh, this morning we will speak to the great actor Steve Sharipa on the Bernie and Sid show. Late, of course, of The Sopranos. We'll speak to Bill O'Reilly as well, who wrote a book about the mob. And, of course, uh, today is uh, Friday Eve, ladies and gentlemen. A little rainy, a little foggy, a little mild. Unfortunately, it's uh, going to continue all day long and turn into a morph into ice and snow for tomorrow. But uh, either way, how's my partner Sid Rosenberg doing?
4: I can't complain. You know the weather sucks, but um, as you always say, Bernard, it's February. It's New York City. We signed up for this, and uh, there's that echo again. God, it's annoying me. But anyway, uh, it does make uh, April and the nice weather uh, even more. Well, you appreciate it like you would say even more. So
3: you have it's to know fine. you have to know true pain to know right. true pleasure. That's what I'm saying. Is the old maxim. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. My brother, Sid Rosenberg, of course, uh, sadly, we had the uh, funeral yesterday for Officer Mora. It was a huge, huge turnout. And, uh, well, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Joe Biden's going to come to town today. To... Well, you know, you know, you talk about the huge turnout, and uh, I've got a bunch of friends who were cops
4: that were there yesterday. And they listened to you and I the last two days, and they said, Sid, i got to tell you that uh, I agreed with you that we really felt like this came five days too late. They should have buried Rivera and Mora together. Uh, They also felt like I did, that the city lost some of the, the, the anger and luster it had on Friday. Not you, not me, not the cops, but the city. And they said because of that, they made sure that they were bigger in numbers. For example, my friend in Patterson, New Jersey, Lewis, he came with 50 guys yesterday instead of 20 like he did last Friday because they were nervous that Mora was not going to get the same turnout because they felt the same way I did the last couple of days. So that's why you had such a massive turnout is folks were really worried that Mora was not going to get the same uh, respect or, or day that uh, Jason Rivera got last
3: Friday. Well, that's uh, v- 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 priceless inside information. As there far as go. the general public goes, they saw, again, massive a uh, turnout, again, on Fifth Avenue. And uh, I still hope and pray that this is a sort of a turning point, an awakening amongst people. We'll find out. Uh, some of the similarities, I guess was uh, just like Officer Rivera's uh, wife, widow, I should say, at yeah. this point yeah uh, Officer Moore's uh, his sister yep she said some great things. We'll get to that in a little bit, of course. Uh, you have Whoopi Goldberg's uh, she's out with a paid suspension. we talked about it yesterday, but I didn't realize it was a paid suspension. She gets paid 100 grand a week to sit home for two weeks, yeah, and everybody's whining about cancel culture. She didn't get canceled.
4: Well, she may quit, though. She is so furious. And I I actually agree with her because I've had to do this stuff before, too, where management makes you apologize, and they still suspend you or they still fire you. So she's really angry. She's not going to quit because she will never make this type of money to do what she does anywhere else. The days of her starring in big-time movies are over. So she's not going to quit. She's just pissed off. But I do appreciate her sentiment. Don't make me apologize and then suspend me.
3: What is that? Yeah. Well, but yeah, suspend. But, but keep in mind, again, this is not cancel culture. If uh, Roseanne Barr, that was canceled. Was Sharon Osbourne for defending Piers Morgan. Yeah. Megan Kelly. Yep. That's cancel culture. She's got two weeks, two week, two week paid vacation essentially is what she has. I guess is my point here. Sure. I understand your point about apologizing and then get, gets getting suspended. But uh, she, she didn't get fired, and no, she's getting nope. paid. It's true. Uh, unlike uh, Fredo Cuomo, who got fired and is not getting paid, which led to a, a lot of bitterness and uh, if the eventual a firing of wow. resignation, if you want no, to believe wait, that crap, he got of away Jeff with Zucker. Yeah, he got
4: away with I mean, come on. Don't, don't compare Whoopi to Cuomo. Cuomo, for years, years, got away with so much nastiness and you know, dating back to him and his brother, making fun of COVID patients. So he got what was coming to him. You could still make an argument about what Whoopi said the other day, as awful as it was, you could make an argument for her. Uh, there were no more arguments left for Chris Cuomo.
3: There were none. Well, no, 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 no. And by the way, the, uh, the, the comparison I was making was not to Chris Cuomo. It was to Jeff Zucker. Yeah. But uh, the interesting part about it is that Fredo got him fired. Fredo ratted him out. Fredo says he has audio tapes. And there's more. The whole uh, the whole thing about this being uh, you know revolving around a relationship, that's that's garbage. Yep. That's that's a lot of there's, there's a lot of back. Uh, Fredo wants that money. He's essentially uh, he's essentially extorting uh, CNN. Well, he called his bluff.
4: I mean, again, if you follow this story closely, and we do, the day that Cuomo got fired, the day that he got fired, he threatened. Jeff Zucker in CNN and said, basically, you have not heard the last from me. I am ready now That's to right. open up a can of whoop So I guess they called Chris Cuomo's bluff. And in this case, a guy that for the most part is a big pussy, he turned out to be uh, the real man he said he was going to be because he, he has come out with information and he's got more. So he did threaten them. They called uh, his bluff, and Chris Cuomo won the day.
3: When you corner a rat like Fredo and take away all that money that uh, he's, he, he could have potentially made, like Whoopi Goldberg's going to make, uh, for, for these two weeks. When you take that money away, uh, just watch out. You're right. This guy will do whatever it takes because that was a lot of money that he left on the table there at CNN. And uh, moving on, Sydney, of course, uh, today, well, You're not going to talk, talk about his brother, his brother in the news? Oh, well, well, Andrew, of course, uh, the, the woman that uh, Jeff Zucker was uh, hosing there, she was once Andrew Cuomo's spokesperson back in the day. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. How
4: about the dinner with Andrew Cuomo two nights ago? You want to talk about that? Tell me, tell me. Your friend, you know, your guy, the guy that's going to save the city, the guy that says all the right things, the guy that's going to meet with Joe Biden today, the guy that's better than Bill de Blasio. Eric Adams had a very intimate dinner
3: two nights ago in with Andrew Cuomo in midtown Manhattan. Listen, I've been tough on uh, Eric Adams. I have said uh, I'm, 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 you know, keeping an open mind, but I've been tough on him Open as well.
4: mind. I mean, uh, again... Uh, I'm the Joe Biden of Brooklyn, as they get set to meet today, Biden, him, and Hochul. Uh, An intimate dinner with Andrew Cuomo two nights ago. What else
3: do you need? Uh, 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 Probably not much. Probably (laughs) not much. But I will say this. I brought those uh, clips to the show and and exposed them for it, and that's why I am turning on the guy. Uh, So, yeah, I didn't realize he had dinner with Andrew Cuomo. That's in
4: page six today, the very top story, New York post Adams and Cuomo dining together at a popular midtown Manhattan eatery. So basically, it doesn't matter who it is. If you're yeah, a Democrat yeah. and you've had any modicum of success, people know your name. It doesn't matter whether you've been arrested, humiliated, fired, embarrassed. Eric Adams wants to be your friend. And yeah. to me, I, I just don't understand why people like this guy. And by the way, again, yesterday at that funeral, he was eh. It's like it wasn't Rivera's funeral. Again, it was, it was all about Shul. She was, again, the best of the bunch. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Eric Adams to bowl me over and impress me with something. It's not there
3: yet. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I haven't seen any real good substance. He is uh, against this no cash bail law, but he's not speaking out forcefully enough to expose the fiends, the demons who are uh, stopping the reform of that uh, aforementioned bill. Uh, so, uh, also, Sydney, today, Tom Brady will make his uh, official yeah. announcement down in Tampa. Uh, you know about that. Uh, uh, you know, do, do people care about what he's going to say? What's he going to say? He's going he's, he's to omit the, uh, the team he played for for uh, many, many years and won many Super Bowls with uh, the New England Patriots. But beyond the, New England, does anybody care what Tom Brady says? So? I mean, you, anybody care.
4: The, the, the same folks that right now are listening to Boomer and Geo. I thought I'd be listening to WFAN all day. They care. And there's millions and millions and millions of those folks. I got news for you. Guys that work with us, Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, these guys, they're big sports fans. They'll be watching at some point today ESPN. So the truth is, yeah, people care. I'm with you. What are you going to learn? I played 22 years. I won seven Super Bowls. Thank you to Tampa Bay for the last two years. Thank you to maybe Bill Belichick, maybe Bob Kraft. I don't know. Uh, But in the end, it's going to be celebrating the greatest football player in the history of the game. And if you want controversy and excitement and something to really sink your teeth into, you're not going to get it. But do people care? Yes. Millions will watch the Tom Brady coverage until he actually played the game Super Bowl 56 between the Bengals and Rams next Sunday.
3: And the big topic, of course, regarding Tom Brady, is he the best, the greatest team player ever? Is he, uh, you know, the GOAT in that respect? Uh, Of course, there were other sports like golf where it's not a team. It's it's hard to compare the two. I'll tell you this.
4: uh, I think he is. I remember having a huge argument with Dan Levitard many years ago down in Miami when Peyton Manning was still playing. And I said back then Brady was better, and he was furious. He was furious. I said, wait a second. Peyton Manning, I know this is inside baseball, but Peyton Manning has Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Edger James. You know who Tom Brady throws the football to? Troy Brown. Who? I'm sorry. He's got a 95-year-old Corey Dillon running the football. Point is, outside of one year with Randy Moss and Wes Walker, This guy won Super Bowls with less talent than any great quarterback in the history of the game. Bradshaw had 10 Hall of Famers. Staubach had 10 Hall of Famers. This guy's had nobody, nobody, and he's won, that's out of Rob Gronkowski, and he's won seven Super Bowls. So much like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan made Steve Kerr a household name. He made John Paxson a household name. Uh, That's Tom Brady. Brady won more games with less talent than any great quarterback in the history of the game.
3: Unlike uh, Patrick Ewing.
4: Oh, my God. You know what's funny about that? Uh, I Tierney like and that. Tiki had Oakley on yesterday, and that's a sports show, and it didn't get nearly, nearly as exciting as the interview that Charles Oakley did with you and Hells I. Hells
3: no. Hells no. Hey, listen, speaking of the, that and the NFL, this uh, Brian Flores thing, I mean, he came out last night. Uh, he did an interview on NBC News, and uh, he's pulling no punches. The NFL is racist. And we talked about You talked about this yesterday. Uh, the Bill Belichick thing, that, 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 is, that is really the smoking gun uh, regarding the Rooney rule. Uh, Bill Belichick, uh, maybe we mentioned this, I don't know, in detail. I don't think we did. The fact that he texted uh, 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 Brian Flores three days before Flores was supposed to meet with the Giants, saying, hey, bro, you got the job, you got the job, you got the job. But he meant to text Brian Dable. Correct. And and, and but, but what's his name? Flores actually texted Belichick back and said, I don't meet with them for another three days.
4: Well that's how that's how he got tipped off. So the Giants hired Brian Dayball, white head coach, and because of the Rooney rule they had to they had to comply and meet with a black coach. So that's how Flores knew he got tipped off it's by hilarious. Belichick. They already hired the white guy and and it's, again, I go back to just last week on this show where I said to you the Rooney rule is ridiculous. They don't respect black coaches. They don't want them most of the time, so they bring them in just for a formality. And in this case, the Giants proved more than often that is the case.
3: Uh, this also proves that Bill Belichick can't do anything right without Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. But this story gets uh, juicier and juicier. The Dolphins saying, denying, of course, that they asked him to uh, tank games so they can get a spot, better spots in the draft, denying it forcefully. Uh, so anyway, it gets, uh, it gets interestingly and interestingly, uh, more juicy as I point out. Uh, you'll have more on that, no doubt about it, Sydney. So we're going to speak to Steve Sharippa here on the Bernie and Sid show. We're going to speak to Bill O'Reilly. We have a great show, a lot happening. The Olympics, by the way, started actually yesterday. I believe, uh, it was a curling match. Yes. Uh yes. curling the United yes. States beat Australia.
4: How exciting yeah. is that? I don't watch curling, but but I am looking forward to the opening ceremonies tonight. In fact, it's gonna drag me away a little bit from Jersey Shore. Yes, tomorrow, that's right. Tomorrow, Snooki. tomorrow
3: night. Tomorrow night. <laughs> uh no, tonight. Tomorrow night. Tonight are the opening ceremonies. Are you sure? NBC tonight, yes. Tonight you have the women's hockey team playing uh, Finland, but I believe the opening ceremonies are, are tomorrow night. And if 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 two thousand eight is any indication when they hosted the summer games, yeah. that was, and I remember it. That was a very, very impressive uh, opening show.
4: Tomorrow night, it is tomorrow night. Okay, yeah, it's February fourth. What's today's date?
5: February third.
4: Then you're right. Tomorrow night. There you have it. Friday. It usually is Friday night. Now that I think about it, not a Thursday night. Right. Okay.
3: I like what I hear. I like what. So we we're all over everything, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Bernie and Sid show. we have a lot more great guests, and uh, and if you want to feel smart about the who's the best team player ever, you heard you just heard Sidney listen to what he said and then when you, when you in, in your conversational circles you'll seem very smart because you just listened to Sid Rosenberg <laughs> to talk about how Tom Brady is the goat i just in, got a, in uh, team a, a
4: direct message Bernie, from a, thank you for that that's very very sweet i love you jim caravan sent me a direct message he said sit to your point tom brady threw touchdown passes to over 55 different wide receivers and again whether it's terry bradshaw Roger Storback, peyton manning dan marino or johnny unitas you're never going to hear that tom brady is 1000 percent the greatest player and the best team player not just in the history of the nfl but he measures up to michael jordan all-time sports
3: i like what i hear i like what i hear on the bernie and sid show one 800 we are coming right back <music>
4: about sports here. Luke Legrano, I forgot more about sports in the, in the last 15 minutes. You've known your whole life. You're like 14 years old. Ah, and, uh, Pete Morgan, uh, Bill Russell. Okay, great. Bill Russell, I'll give it to you. He did win gold medals in the Olympics, a gold medal. He did win two championships at San Francisco. But, again, he was surrounded by like 90 Hall of Famers. I mean, everybody on those Boston Celtic teams were Hall of Famers. Now, if you want to tell me he made them Hall of Famers, I guess you can make that argument. I don't agree with that. But one of you guys is saying, Gretzky, that's stupid. You know, Why Messi. is that stupid? Because Mark Messier was a Hall of Famer. Grant Feuer, a Hall of Famer. He didn't Paul Collins, a Hall of Famer. Messier. Stop it. Tom Brady didn't play with one Hall of Famer outside of Rob
6: Gronkowski and he, Randy Moss. Hear me out. And Sid. he won Super Bowls. Sid, so you've been watching sports a long time. So Brady, for how long was he compared to Montana and Manning?
4: Montana played with Jerry Rice and John Taylor no, and how Roger long, Craig. How
6: long How long in his career was he compared to those two?
4: Until uh, about five years ago when people got smart and realized he's the best of all okay. time.
6: And then how many people compare Jordan to LeBron to this day? It's a, it's, a, it's a fair comparison. Nobody's compared to Gretzky. You could take away Wayne Gretzky's well, no, no, entire we're, we're gold not, count. We're, and not still arguing,
4: we're not arguing whether he's the greatest hockey player. Of course he's the greatest hockey player. The question Bernie brought up is, who's the best team player? Yeah. Who makes the guys around him better? And he had Hall of Famers. Tom Brady made David Patton and Troy Brown household names. Even LeBron in Cleveland made J.R. Smith, who
3: stinks, a household name. So you're arguing two different things. Right. That is the the question is who is the greatest team player right. of all time. Right. The dumb now bastard. The best, uh, player? Jesus. And uh, I you, wouldn't, uh, I just wouldn't argue with uh, with my boy Sid Rosenberg when it comes to stuff like this. <laughs> oh, Bernie, I've
6: been arguing with Sid since the day I got here. You know that. Uh, you know, so, but, uh, but, but you
3: sound, you do do sound very uh, knowledgeable, Luke, but uh, you're going really. up against uh, yeah. a giant here.
4: Yeah, you're going to get murdered in this. Uh, Luke, you can't see this now, Bernard, because you're back at your palatial estate on uh, Long Island. But Luke is actually wearing a button-down shirt today. It's a volcanic ensemble, but it's cute. A button-down shirt and a pair of chinos. So it turns out... That somebody at the station, I guess they just realized that for the most part, the guys in and around you and I dress like they just came off a basketball court. You know, they got sweatshirts with stains and eloquence, these stupid college shirts and horrible hats. Look, oh, yeah. wears, you know, they just, they, just like, they
3: don't care. Right, right. Yeah. Like uh, they could be sleeping in Penn Station.
4: Basically, they both look like that every morning. Mike does a little better Garcia. Not as good as he thinks, but he tries Frankie, you never know. Diaz could be one way or the other. Christina hey, always looks what is, gorgeous. What's
3: with that sideswipe? Not as good as he thinks.
4: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> well, because he, he's like, I trust you, shop. sharp. like, no, no, you don't. Calm You're, You're okay. So next week is uh, Fashion Week here in New York. I guess or it's this week. Is it this week, Byrne? Uh, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything about it. So Maybe long it's long. next week. Yeah. So uh, I guess they're going to they're gonna put out some type of email at the station that uh, in conjunction with uh, Fashion Week here in New York... They they want to see the folks at the station dress more like me and you, you know, and, and at least give it a shot. I understand that everybody's got Joseph Aboud jackets lining up their closet. I get that, but at least try. So Luke today, for example, looks a button-down shirt, pair of pants. He looks better. He's a cute kid, but the, the, the way these, these folks dress at this station is embarrassing. So I'm glad to see that. Uh, they will take some pride in how you look in the morning.
3: Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> this is coming from a guy... Who uh, you, uh, Joseph Abud, essentially uh, stocked your closets. I, I mean, I think you rent another apartment just to put more of your suits. Because, but it's yeah. not easy to dress like you without. I mean, that that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of shekels to uh, be that know, is supporting the the stuff yeah. that you sport. Yes, he every was, every single day, every day. Now something tough. different, something different all the time.
4: Well, because now we're on television. I'm glad, Bernie, you brought that up. Uh, Gabby Lopez does a great job. If you want to watch this great radio show, you can, and a lot of folks do. Thousands. WABCradio.tv. Radio Radio TV, and you can see what uh, what we're talking about. Go ahead, Mike. What is it? What but no, Garcia is my gun. He's itching to talk.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what. what. How about next week? The three of us, and maybe Gabby can join on this on this too. Men in black suits or James Bond. Let's pick a theme, yeah. and then we can all come in dressed. Right. And uh, you know, since we're on television, it right. will blow up, and people would stop complaining to
6: us. I'm not okay. wearing.
5: I'm not wearing a suit to work. <laughs> yeah. Do you even own a Mike, suit? Like you
2: said we're
6: on yeah. television. Sid and Bernie are on television. Well, no, you we're guys stuck get here on in the control room. Well,
4: wait a second. You guys get on. They show the control room. You guys get on TV. Yeah, this, this sounds like a post-show meeting. It really does. I got to tell you, Bernie, that's funny. That is funny. Well, he, you don't own a suit, not even one. I own a suit. I have a suit.
5: So where you should see me clean up?
4: I don't want to see it.
5: You don't want to see me clean up?
4: As it is, Christina told me. I don't know how Christina knows it. She's been on the show for fifteen minutes. I'm like your father. She tells me that you and uh, the Russian mail order bride girlfriend. You guys are celebrating an anniversary this uh, weekend. What is it now? No, it's,
5: it's my birthday on Saturday.
4: Oh, okay. So what are they doing, Christina? You have all the information.
7: It's birthday on Saturday, which I shared with Sid. And they're, they're going skiing. They're getting an Airbnb. I thought that what? was very romantic, very sweet. It is? Yeah.
4: How do you have money for that? You're going skiing? Yeah were are you going, like Flapper Avenue hey, or something? He, he grew up in Chappaqua. That's, oh, that's a good money. point. True, very, very good point, Bernie. That's a very good point. Guy. The guy's a trust fund kid. You kidding me? This is like a hobby. No, no, no. This is a hobby for him. Is Bernie right? Are you? A- no, I'm not a trust fund Well, you kid. are in Chappaqua. You, you walk your dogs with Bill Clinton.
5: Uh, listen, I mean, my parents worked very hard to get to, my dad uh, is a very successful lawyer now, but so he, pay, he, worked, he worked very hard to get wh- to who where Who pays
4: he is. for this, this, uh, birthday trip with you and, and Lisa? I
5: pay. This is my, this is my own money. I don't, I don't borrow money from my parents anymore. Not Never. Anymore.
3: N- n- but, never. But you know what I like? Uh, there's no guilt. Uh, he grew up, uh, you know, affluent. <laughs> His dad, I, I really do. I admire that. My dad worked very hard and that's the attitude you should have. Screw what anybody else says about, uh, you know, your, your status in life. Your dad worked hard to make his son happy, and that's that. That's the American uh, I See, I
4: agree with you. I never felt any guilt. My father worked very, very hard, and we lived a very nice lifestyle, homes in Brooklyn, Florida, fancy cars, great bar mitzvahs, fancy colleges, But then again, uh, like in your example, Bernard, your dad, hardworking guy, drove the bus. If you guys ever saw the movie A Bronx Tale, Robert De Niro and his son, that was literally in real life the same exact bus route. That was Bernie and his father. So you could make the argument that your father worked just as hard as mine, yet you didn't have the same things I had as a kid. And some people resent that. You don't because you're a good soul, but a lot of
3: folks actually resent that. You know that. Well, no, that's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, yeah, my father he he worked, uh, you know, a lower uh, status type of job, but he worked hard and he gave us, you know, he he they they sent us to Catholic school. We we lived in a project in the Bronx. So I actually, uh, you know, I benefited from having parents who cared, a father who worked virtually seven days a week. And uh, no, I don't resent what other people, uh, you know, yeah. having it a little better than I had it. But I still had it good compared to a lot of other people.
4: No, oh, no doubt. And uh, Christina, what is, your, what is your father? I have no idea about that. I know your mother, Maria, she's a hot lady, by the way. What, <laughs> what about your dad? What does he know? Rocco. Rocco.
7: Rocco. Uh, <laughs>
4: you can't make it up.
7: Yeah, so, so Rocco is uh, a plumber. And he's, um... John
4: Gotti was a plumber, I think. He's a plumber. No, he's a plumbing supply, John Gotti, right? But
7: he's, but he's, um, he's, you know, he, he's he got, he does the big stuff, you the, know? The big stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. not really a, <laughs> at people's houses and the toilets, but no. he does more. But wait, right. listen, that's what he started off doing. Right. Um, you know, and, and he was born in Italy, so, I mean, now he's got his own business. That's, you where, know, you the know, American dream. Where
4: was he born in Italy? What part, you know? Calabria. Oh, very nice. My
7: mother's from Sicily, my father's from Calabria, and he, you know...
4: yeah. You're a real, you? you're a real Italian. I mean, both I'm of I'm
7: hardcore. So hardcore, when you guys yeah. played that song for Steve Sharippa, it really it hit home. Well, that was for, for Bernie.
3: Uh, Dean yeah. Martin. Uh, Bernie Ooh, loves I, Dean I, Martin. He one of my all-time. Fan. Yeah, I, 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 I I like Dean Martin over Frank Sinatra. Uh, you, yeah, you do. Yeah, that's very controversial to some people. Yeah, I hate that, but that's okay.
4: <laughs> 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 I'm sure Deanna Adams. Uh, Deanna Adams. Diana Martin, who does a show here on the weekends, loves that about you.
3: As a matter of fact, I told her Dean, that when, when, I, when I saw her. You and I interviewed her in studio a couple of years ago Yeah, and had the pleasure of meeting her with uh, Mr. Katsimatidis about uh, two months ago. She came yeah. to the station and uh, she kicked off her show. And, of course, I repeated the exact same thing because we had just been talking about it that morning. But, uh, yes, Dean Martin, the velvet voice, I just love that guy. No, he was great. No
4: question. He was
3: great. So as Bernie pointed out, we got a great guest list today. We'll start it.
4: At 7.40, the aforementioned Steve, a.k.a. Bobby Bacalajarripa. He's got a big show coming up at the St. George Theater on Staten Island on Saturday with Michael Imperioli and a bunch of other uh, Sopranos guys, I think Vinny Pistori, Big Pussy, too. Uh, All those guys will be out there with comedian Joey Cola. He'll be here at 7.40, coming up at 8.40, Bill O'Reilly, and coming up at 9.05, Republican Hopeful. Well, Governor, our good friend Lee
3: Zeldin. But, uh, Bruce, you've got some work to do. We do. Traffic and sports coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to Greg Kelly. He's off the hook, bro. Greg Kelly, today and every weekday afternoon, 1-15th at 3 p.m. Here Greg goes off his thoughts about Eric Adams. Take a listen.
8: This is like a child. You're going to ask for his autograph, Eric? Get a couple of selfies, Eric? There's a child in the in City Hall. A child. Now, I can't blame the city, by the way, because we didn't elect this guy. We did not elect this guy. There are 8 million people who live in New York. And given our stupid, cloistered, little incestuous political machine here, only 240,000 people were needed to make this guy mayor.
0: This is Sid on Sports. Oh my Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
5: Hello there, I am Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports ah! update. There was Sydney just for a hot second. Now he's going to leave the room and uh, leave me alone to do this sports report brought to you by sponsor, or er, not brought to you, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a deal near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built. Spoilers. We'll begin with the Knickerbockers at MSG last night where they welcomed in the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis stud John Moran was u- was his usual self in front of the packed house at the Garden as he dropped in 23 points. But it was Jaron Jackson Jr. who led the pack for the Grizzlies with 26 points in his 34 minutes on the floor. Jackson and Moran proved too much for the Knicks to handle as they fall at home 120-108. to Look for the Knicks to bounce back in Los Angeles on Saturday against the Lakers. The Nets didn't have much luck either on the road in Sacramento as they surrendered to the Kings 112-101. Tyrese Halliburton registered a double-double for the Kings, and Harrison Barnes stood out with his 19 points as the, as the Nets continue to struggle mightily, dropping their sixth straight game. They'll do their best to keep that number from getting to seven when they head to Utah to battle the Jazz tomorrow night. One final ice hockey game last night before our three local teams head into the All-Star break. The Islanders seemed to jump the gun on said break as they looked lifeless at home against the Seattle Kraken. Seattle poured in three third-period goals, but they only needed one as Kraken tender Philip Grubauer stopped all 19 Islanders' shots for the first shutout in Seattle Kraken history. Hockey will return early next week after the All-Star festivities this weekend at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Here with your bottom-of-the-hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers.
2: Let's do it. to what
3: it's kind of creepy well
4: you're not watching the live feed right now they've got justin ellick doing the white man's overbite (laughs) (laughs) he got the he got the arms flailing the whole deal here comes garcia everybody dancing in the studio there
3: you go dancing to my boy tone loke uh who uh i don't know did he pass away or is he still around he's still alive He's doing well. Living on the royalties, no doubt. Either that or delivering for Amazon, one of the two. I'm not sure which. Hey, you know, in all the talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi, and uh, Jeff Zucker and all, uh, it came out uh, in the past week. Rachel Maddow is actually stepping down for a – she's taking a leave of absence from MSNBC. Kind of mysterious. Uh, nobody Nobody's really talking about it, but uh, she is stepping down. And, uh, well, I would say good riddance to her. She was the collusion hoaxer. She was the, uh, you know, the whole uh, COVID misinformation lady, all that stuff. She
4: was also the only person at MSNBC that got ratings. So uh, That is true. Uh, she, that is true. Yeah, she was beaten up uh, you know, Tucker Carlson eventually uh, took over. But for a long time there, she was – it would be like Hannity Rachel. It would be like uh, Tucker Rachel – So, yeah, she did all that stuff, but uh, America got smart. They got tired of it. For a while there, she really was the the major, major star at that network.
3: And then since the election, uh, since Joe Biden took office, they all tanked everybody, including uh, CNN. CNN's ratings are down, believe it or not, year to year, 90 percent, a full 90 percent. Wow. Hey, listen, I want to talk about, again, the uh, funeral for Officer Mora yesterday. I watched uh, most of it, and it was, it was very, very moving. And as you point out, the uh, NYPD commissioner, Keechan Sewell, uh, she really is a rising star. She speaks forcefully. I mean, I just love her as, as much as you do. Yeah. T- let's take a listen to what she said yesterday at uh, Officer Morris' funeral.
9: The daughters and sons of this city will forever honor the sacrifice of their own, and we will humbly, unwaveringly, and faithfully carry on the towering and enduring legacy of detective first grade, Wilbert Mora. With his combination of strength and compassion, Wilbert served this department bravely, honorably, as a colossal symbol of promise. Not for the size of his frame, but for the goodness in his heart.
6: The
3: Walsh, oh my God. Uh, she's great. She yeah. was terrific. Uh, by she the way, out.
4: and not to, not to kill Eric Adams again, because I think I am becoming Greg Kelly. Uh, but uh, it would be nice when he did his little speech if he actually got Officer Rivera's name right. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to screw up Joe Biden's name today, right? He ain't going to do that. He's not going to screw up Andrew Cuomo's name, but he actually referred to Jason Rivera yesterday during his little speech as James Rivera. You cannot do that. You cannot be at a funeral for a cop, uh, two cops, Killed dead in five days and actually say one of the cops' names incorrectly. Eric Adams did that yesterday.
3: Not cool. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, well, listen, he's not the uh, sharpest knife in the drawers uh, to use a, a uh, boring analogy. But anyway, let's listen to Eric Adams. Let's listen to the way he sounded yesterday at Officer Mora's funeral.
10: You wear the blue uniforms,
0: but your families feel it every day, just as officers, Mora, and Rivera family Today, it is why we are bound by our oath and our honor to stand together and salute his service as we commend his spirit. Let us pray for Officer Marra and for his family and friends. Their pain is our pain.
3: It's all true. All true. No, no gaffes, No nothing there. Listen, the the star uh, aside from Keijon Sewell, the commissioner. Uh, was uh, again just as Officer Rivera's wife spoke out against the system. In this case, it was uh, Officer, uh, excuse me, of- Officer Rivera's wife spoke out against the system. Officer Mora's sister spoke out. She spoke in Spanish. Uh, this is a translation, but listen to what she said. This was an indictment of, uh, well, the, the politicians, the leftists, and the system as well. Take a listen.
7: How many Wilburts? How many Jasons? How many more officers have to lose their lives before this system changes? The NYPD protects us, but who protects them and who looks after their lives?
3: Exactly right. And we're talking, we're looking at you, politicians. We're looking at you up there in the state legislature. We're looking at you, Alvin Bragg, and the rest of you creeps out there who uh, coddle and befriend and and, uh, totally pro-criminal I'll tell you this that there was this one black woman yesterday who I absolutely love. Put her on the Supreme Court. I don't even know if she's a lawyer. By the way, you don't have to be a lawyer to be appointed to the Supreme Court, FYI, but the uh, Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, her name is Winsome Sears. Now, let's let's put put our cards on the table. I mean, I've said this uh, this past week, uh the people who got these officers killed, who got who took us to this lawless atmosphere that we have. We're the media, the media and these leftist politicians and these uh, corporate uh, coward CEOs, the sports guys, Roger Goodell, all these guys got us to where we are now because they caved and they sucked their thumbs and they patronized and they donated to Black Lives Matter in the wake of the death of George Floyd, the overreaction to uh, the death of George Floyd. But uh, one woman who actually uh, articulated that, and I loved hearing it, Her name, again, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears from Virginia. Listen to her.
7: My God, my God. You know, uh, here we are reaping what some politicians have sown. They have vilified our law enforcement officials, and so people are emboldened to do whatever they think is their idea of right. You know, it's whatever their truth is. And if their truth, their truth is that policemen are bad, well, then they're going to do things to get rid of them, aren't they?
3: Exactly right. Put it, Bluntly put it, that's exactly what's happening, that's been happening, and unjustifiably, of course, because the police have done nothing. The police are the good guys. Statistics show the police are the good guys. sure you have bad apples in, in any organization, but by and large, they are the good guys. we said this a million times, but it bears repeating on the day after we buried the second cop who was murdered. Yeah, and- you know what's funny? You know, here you are talking
4: about something so serious and something that is not just an issue in New York City, but it's certainly become an issue across this country. And that is why the president, that imbecile, as you would call him, is in New York today meeting with Adams and Hochul, who are at this point, for me at least, part of the problem. Both of them.
3: Neither one is part of the solution, no matter what they say. She is one of the ones that Winsome Sears is talking about. She okay. is they one of those ones. the right,
4: right and, and until Eric Adams does something besides talk, as far as I'm concerned, he's no better. But um, what do you think MSNBC has done? For this whole hour? Uh, uh, Tom Brady? Close. Close. Uh, Or the Olympics? Nope. Hugh Jackson, at one point, was the coach of the Cleveland Browns. His owner actually offered him money to throw games. Right now, Joe Scarborough has the line underneath him that reads, Dalton's owner accused of trying to rig games. They have spent the last 15 minutes, I'm not exaggerating, 15 minutes talking about all these head coaching scandals that are rocking the National Football League. And again, you're not going to find a bigger sports guy than me. Now I love sports, and I like the controversies as well. But on a morning like this, where the president is here in New York to combat uh, uh, really a virus, and I think the, the stupid COVID, a virus that is killing this country. And these morons have spent 15 minutes talking about the Dauphins and Brian Flores because they will not talk about something as important that you and I are talking about right now.
3: Right, that doesn't fit their uh, narrative, that it's not convenient for them to talk about. It's a difficult topic because they would either have to, uh, you know, you, you got to pick a side. You've got to pick a side uh, in this case. And, uh, and they're cowards. They're cow- And I'll tell you what, they actually, uh, on, on the Whoopi Goldberg thing, these people have gotten, you know, they've, they've been calling to cancel people for a long time. Just this past week uh, on MSNBC, they were calling for cancellation of Joe Rogan. Yep. And they called for the cancellation of people in the past many, many, many times. Anybody Going back call- to
4: Imus. Uh, Imus, right. Are they going to call today for the cancellation of Susan Sarandon? I doubt it.
3: Yes, uh, Susan Sarandon putting on a disgusting, disgusting tweet uh about uh how these cops if they're in the street uh then i guess we don't need these cops because there's no crime or something going on i don't know what she said something uh i don't have the tweet in front of me but uh either way it was gross we have it right here get christina read that to bernard go ahead
7: so she says so if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day doesn't that mean they aren't needed any day (laughs)
3: Jesus. <laughs> and, and by the way, she she retweeted. She put that message. I have it in front of me now. She put that message uh, as she retweeted another tweet that somebody put out, which said, I'm going to tell my uh, a, a, a picture of all the policemen on Fifth Avenue with the uh, inscription. I'm going to tell my kids this is what fascism looks like. Oh, my God. She retweeted those words of hers on top of that particular tweet. A disgusting, <laughs> disgusting P.O.S. that woman. But uh, yes, back to uh, MSNBC. Uh, now all of a sudden, they hate cancel culture because of Whoopi Goldberg. Listen, this is cut four. Listen to Mika Brzezinski. Take a listen to this.
9: This is something that is just going to like start getting ridiculous. I mean, if Whoopi well, Goldberg is canceled, that would be that would be the. I mean, that would be the end of this all. This cancel yeah. culture is getting so out of hand.
3: And she says it with a straight face. Yeah, I mean. As if they haven't <laughs> called for it. And by the way, I, and I mentioned Imus because uh, uh, don't for, never forget, folks, never forget when Imus was fired back in two thousand seven. The replacement was Joe and Mika. Right. They were the repl- and they were giddy about Imus being canceled and, and fired and all that stuff. Absolutely, totally giddy about it. Now Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, this cancel culture stuff, and, and, and a million people uh, in, in between. Uh, and I mentioned earlier Roseanne Barr, Sharon Osbourne. Megyn Kelly, et cetera. Well those, well, those are our friends. You well, know, yeah, the,
4: but they got canceled. These people call for their cancel. But they never called, They never talk about who on the left is part of that cancel culture. You heard that. You played the audio. Well, enough with this cancel culture. Who got canceled on the left that didn't deserve it? Matt Lauer? Charlie Rose? Who?
3: Excellent call. No, nobody. Nobody that nobody. I can think
4: of. Nobody. Not Susan Sarandon? Not Whoopi Goldberg? Maybe, She's I'll suspended? What, not
3: fired? Maybe Al Franken. Maybe Al Franken, who, by the way, he came out yesterday. He defended uh, this guy, Whoopi Goldberg. Listen to uh, Al Franken. Take a listen to this.
10: I know Whoopi. She is not anti-Semitic. She she chose Goldberg, for her last name, for a stage name.
3: So Al Franken, he is a piece of garbage. And and, and this is him just the other day. Just to remind you, comparing the United States to Nazi Germany, he should be locked up for this. Take a listen.
1: This is a serious one, and, and I just, I think... Other people are feeling it. It feels like I don't know, 1933, 34,
10: Germany, and I'm just like I don't know, in a tavern, and I look over the other table, and there's guys in black jack boots and Nazi uniforms, and I'm going <laughs> like, hmm. Uh, this looks bad. Maybe that's, uh, why, uh, maybe that's why you're not, not working anymore, guess. you
3: jackass. Piece of total, they, a, a, they, a garbage they, can, as uh, Bull Deedle would call it.
4: They let him out of the uh, that building in Washington, D.C., and they, he's never been back, and he'll never be back. So keep saying <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder, and you know this better than I do, Bernie. You mentioned Imus, and again, that was 2007. You said Imus got fired. We all got fired. But um, I was in Miami, but believe me when I tell you, I've lost a million opportunities because of that. He uh, did he start that whole thing?
3: Who Imus? Yeah, Imus was the first scalp for uh, the organization called Media Matters. Yeah, he was definitely the first scalp. I mean, the thing what he said, uh, you know, the conversation we had on the air, yeah. and him calling the girls what he called them. Yeah, that really had t- it. Kind of blew over, but Media Matters kept resuscitating it. That was that, that was that was their mission. That is their their mission is to target people who they don't like. We were killing Hillary Clinton at the time, and that dude, David, uh, what the hell's his name? Anyway, either way, he was a good friend of Hillary Clinton's, and he, he got that clip of Imus saying what he said, yep. and he was relentless, and it got all over uh, the cable news networks, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, Imus was the first scalp he was the first. for this organization called Media Matters. Because he
4: made those remarks on a Wednesday morning uh, with us, and then uh, Thursday nothing happened. Really, Friday, nothing happened. I got a phone call in Boca Friday night from Mark Chernoff, who said, I think the New York Times is going to run a story tomorrow. If they do, it's all over. It's done. Yeah, And I'm like, wait a second. Where have they been for the last couple of days? He's like, I don't know. But this group is out there. And sure enough, the Times ran that Saturday morning story and the rest, as you say, was history. But for the better part of two days. No one said a word. Nobody
3: cared. No, no. It was definitely uh, Media Matters, and that's their MO. They've been doing it ever since, targeting people. They you know, monitor Fox News, Newsmax, everybody. They still do it. Just Google, if you would, uh, Media Matters. You'll see what I'm talking about. They do it all the time. I missed the first scalp. on the Bernie and Stitch show, one 800 9222 Hey, listen, we're going to speak to Steve Sharippa next hour. Then we're going to speak to Bill O'Reilly. Then we're going to speak to Congressman Lee Zeldin, who is running for governor of New York on the Bernie and Sid show. Be right back.
1: Try to make this kind and clear Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days Cause I don't need boxes wrapped in strings And desire to love and empty things Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days You okay. will
4: Nights tonight, the world begins again. Better days by the Google Goo Dolls. Man, we could all use that, huh, folks? Hour number two of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning show. Go to wabcradio.com now and register for your chance to win a WABC Barry House coffee mug. Barry House coffee, proud to be the official sponsor of us, Bernie and Sid in the Morning, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Register now and good luck. It is miserable outside. I just saw uh, Dean Meminger. Not wearing a mask today, that idiot. Uh, right. <laughs> standing in the rain talking about this big meeting today between President Biden and uh, Adams and Hoko. We'll get to that. But I have to tell you, you know, it, it gets disappointing for me, Bernard. Years ago, when you and I first worked together, you mentioned IMIS, and that was between 2000, really 2000, and 2005, where you and I worked together on the IMS in the morning show, then, of course, I was excommunicated to South Florida, even though I was on from Florida that fateful morning back in 2007 during the Rutgers incident. But right. um, you remember those days, of course.
3: Of course, yeah. So I mean, I That, that e-
4: was wild that you were ha-
3: happened to be on the phone. I
4: know. Phone. I was on the phone, and uh, when you go back to that video, there's my name, Sid Rosenberg, 790 The Ticket, Miami, at the bottom of the screen. And I did start the conversation that day by saying, hey, Iman, did you see the basketball game last night? And who knew what was going to happen next, but it did turn out to be uh, life-altering for a lot of folks, and media especially. But I... um. Back then, I was uh, hosting the Midday Show after I missed on WFAN. Started with Jody McDonald, then I went to Joe Beningo. And I had the honor, and I mean honor, uh, for three consecutive years, I was the coach at the Christopher Reeve, God bless him, he was still alive back then, and his beautiful wife, who's gone too since, Diana. I had the uh, honor to coach the celebrity hockey team, and you remember those days, Bernie, it was uh, me against Elvis Duran. Duran actually right. coached on the other side. W, uh, you know, he's on uh, Z100. When he was fat. When he was fat, right. Now he's gorgeous. And I think he did it for two years. And I think a guy named uh, Paul Cubby Bryant or one of those guys did it the third year. And it was cool. I had, like, Jason Priestley on my team and, and uh, Gary Delabate and Ron Duguay and Kim Alexis and, and some actually some really big superstars as well, the guy that played Angel on TV back then. So long story short. They gave me assistant coaches. Uh, One year, I had a very young and really pretty Jamie Lynn Sigler, who at the time was a rock star as Meadow on The Sopranos. It's it's funny because Steve Schripper is going to join us in about uh, 30 minutes. So she was my assistant coach one year, and she was adorable. And then the year after that, my assistant coach was Susan Sarandon. And her boyfriend, Tim Robbins, played on my hockey team. And I have to tell you, that for the two or three hours that day at Madison Square Garden, she was a joy. She was pretty. She was fun. She was very respectful to me. And we had a blast. And I remember going home and going, oh, my God, that's the lady who Kevin Costner devoured on the kitchen table in Bull Durham. She's so cool. I love Susan Sarandon. Then you get a story like we've got today, and now I can't stand her. And it's disappointing because when I met her, she was adorable. But she turns out she's, um,
3: she's no good. She's very, very hateful. She's disgusting, as a matter of fact. She's scum, is what she is, tweeting out, uh, as we, as uh, Christina read uh, last hour. This is what she tweeted, a picture of the cops. So if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean they aren't needed any day? Ugh. And tweets it out oh, over another uh, tweet that somebody put out with pictures of the police on Fifth Avenue saying, I'm going to tell my kids this is what fascism looks like. Susan Sarandon, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, a, a, a lot of people used to love Susan Sarandon, but these people, are, they're, they're out of their minds. Well, I just, out of if, their minds. I know, and I would love to sit down with Susan
4: again. I know it's uh, 19 years later. And just ask her, Susan, baby, sweetheart, I saw your tweet. Maybe, maybe, I would say for one second she had a rough go, but she's been doing this for years. She happens to be in that same group as Bette Midler, Alyssa Milano, Barbara Streisand, these hateful liberals that sound beyond stupid. And I would just ask her, Susan, sweetheart, you're home. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Your window breaks. Who are you going to call, Sue? Are you going to call Tim Robbins? Are you going to call Kevin Costner? No, you're going to call the same men and women in blue that you are savaging here today. If somebody would, would say to me, I'm not going to call the cops, then I say, okay, fine. You, you want to be mean to the cops? You got it, baby. You're not going to call them. But until somebody readily admits that that's not going to be the first person they call, it's all a bunch of garbage. That's all
3: it is. But where is your humanity? I mean, we have a 27-year-old police officer who was, uh, you know, he gave over his life to doing good, and he, he responded to a, a call, a domestic violence call in Harlem. Some crazy guy, they told him, some crazy guy with a gun, and they said, come over here, he's, he's menacing the, the, Whoa, his family. They're,
4: they're not, actually, they did not say there was a gun. The mother called, and in fact, the cops asked flat out, is there a weapon, and she
3: said no. Okay, so either way, he, they don't still don't know he could have had a gun. I of mean, course, of course, so, so he shows up, and if he had a gun, by the way, he would have shown up anyway. And this twenty-seven-year-old, this beautiful young twenty-seven-year-old Dominican police officer, is being honored. Just shut the hell up. Save right. your, your 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 vitriol for another day. Right. I mean, it it just it, it boggles my mind. It, it just shows you how much the hatred is over the top. This uh, this loathing of the United States of law enforcement, uh, of the good guys. I mean, I, I, it's it's a sick, twisted mindset that these people have that I cannot figure out. I, I don't know where... W- w- go somewhere else. Right. Go w- somewhere else. Where, where right, are you going to go? It's right. better than w- what we have no, here. Nowhere.
4: No, Remember all those people that were leaving the country if Donald Trump won? Not one of them left. And, and again, uh, I can't help but out of the corner of my eye, catch MSNBC and CNN. They're on right inside the studio. And MSNBC has spent all morning long talking about Brian Flores. And I'm a football fan. I don't care. And now they're talking about January 6th how 44% of Republicans don't want Trump to run, which, by the way, if that's true, that means 56%, the overwhelming majority, want him to run. So the majority want him to run. But the point being here, how about talk about Susan Sarandon? How about talk about Wilbert Moore's funeral yesterday? You know, something. Give give me something other than football and Donald Trump. But they got nothing. Let's talk about Susan Saranda being a part of many, many influential, affluent people in this country that for some reason, for some reason, which they can't explain, hate the men and women that protect people like them every single day.
3: Let's talk about that. The imbecile in chief is coming to New York City today. That's a big story. That's huge. Huge.
4: Yeah. yeah talk. That's but what you not should be huge. talking about. It's not huge because he's going to sit down with Cappy Hochul. He's going to sit down with Eric Adams. Uh, they're going to say all the right things, and guess what
3: they're going to do? Nothing. And they're Nothing. not By the way, they're not going to say all the right things. That's You're part right. of the problem. You're right. They're going to pay lip service to uh, guns flowing into New York City, uh, slap each other on the back, and it's an insult to, uh, to crime victims and the city itself. That this this is just a big dog and pony charade is what it is, a Biden coming up here. Uh, Michael Goodwin said it. You you quoted him yesterday. Yep. uh, That uh, Joe Biden needs a guy like Eric Adams to bolster his own. That's pathetic. Flailing a poll
9: numbers. That's pathetic.
4: You got a guy who's mayor for less than a month who so far uh, is not doing a very good job because uh, stats are skyrocketing, crime stats and all kinds of issues in this city, and the president has to rely on that guy. That, um, that really goes to show you how pathetic Joe Biden is. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you.
3: Yeah, well, uh, at this point, uh, you and I, you know, we live here. We're in the minutiae of it. We know that, uh, well, we're starting to see that Eric Adams is nothing but a shell, uh, you know, a, a phony, really. Uh, we're starting to see that. Again, the jury is still out, but around the country. We're not starting to see it. We saw it
4: for his whole damn campaign.
3: Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough but uh, the perception is around the country former cop tough uh, on crime oh, stop. and and well this stop. is what well, no i know but, but this here's is why what joe biden this, is doing what he's doing this
4: goes back to the argument i had with lydia a couple of days ago on the air which is never an argument i love lydia she loves me and she does a great job on this show but she said i want to see the best person for the position and the truth is no you don't You want to see a Republican. Just say it that way because the truth is the best guy or girl for that position is a Republican. It's not going to But She mentioned Tom Swasey. I mean, give me a break. Tom Swasey, he's part of the problem too. So the truth is Eric Adams is not the right guy for the job because he's still a Democrat. And until we get a tough Republican like Rudy Giuliani to run this city and a tough Republican like Andrew or Lee Zeldin or Rob to run the state, we are not going to win. There is no such thing anymore, folks, as a tough Democrat. Trust me. Just trust me. Eric Adams ain't tough. He says a lot of things you want to hear. He's not tough. You need a Republican in these positions or you're going to have much of the same. Maybe the curtains look a little nicer. Maybe the carpet's a little cleaner. Maybe the paint is a little nicer. At the end of the day, you're putting lipstick on a pig. We need Republicans in these positions. We're going to be exactly where we were for the last eight years.
3: His tepid admonition of the state legislature for not reforming uh, the the no-cash bail law, his his, uh, neutering... Uh, he's bringing back the anti crime unit, but a neutered version of it. I mean, they're going to have to wear jackets saying they're NYPD, huh. uh, body cams, stuff like that. That defeats the purpose. Right. I mean, so yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You can bring back the anti crime unit, but if it's not going to be in the shape and form that it was before, prior to its dismantling. It's not going to be as nearly as effective. Because why? Because you're worried about the social justice warriors on the left. Because he's come out and said it's racist. He has yeah, called he, Rudy he has, Giuliani's exactly.
4: tactics racist, and I'm not okay with that. I got a, a bunch of head bobs here from Christina. You like that, huh? You, you like the, uh, the Republican thing. You, you agree with that, obviously. Uh, head bobs? Of course I
7: do. I mean, you know what? It's Look back to Rudy Giuliani. Look what he did for this city. It's, it's undeniable. There's, there's, no denying that, and, and what we have right now. I mean, he's. We were talking about it this morning. He's too busy concerned about the limelight. You've got to go to a restaurant with Andrew Cuomo. Why don't you <laughs> go to Gracie Mansion, have a nice, quiet, subdued, you know, stay out of the limelight? No, he can't help himself.
4: He can't. He really can't help himself, Bernie. I mean, this is a guy that he's got to be. He's got to be somewhere with somebody almost every night, and again, praying to the altar of Andrew Cuomo and Joe Biden over a three day period. That's uh, that's a lot to swallow.
3: It really is. He's turning into a Chuck Schumer type media whore. I mean, not turning into, he's he, he is already, but uh, uh, it's going to become uh, more more and more clear that that's the case. And he's also he's he, and I said it yesterday, he's 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 starstruck. He's he's infatuated with people who are, you know, famous, essentially. Sort of yeah, like you yeah. said.
4: Yeah, like me, but I'm a dopey radio host. Exactly. I'm not the
3: mayor. Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> so no, this like is not the time to be some little, uh, no. you know, Joe Biden fanboy. This is deadly serious stuff. We said it yesterday. Yep. Bears repeating today. And uh, for him to be behaving the way he is, I'm the Joe Biden of Brooklyn. Oh, my Shut God. up.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Leslie Slender checks in. Damn, you're good. I'm in lipstick on a pig. that's uh, That's what we've got. Which I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, create that, uh, originate that here on this show. We've heard that for a very, very long time, but uh, I think it works in this case. Steve Sharippa, a.k.a. Bobby Bacala, and uh, also does a great job in uh, Blue Bloods as Anthony. He'll join us coming up at 740. Bill O'Reilly will stop by this morning at 840. Congressman Lee Zeldin, hopefully, whether it's him, Andrew, or Rob, the next governor of New York, coming up at 905. So three really good guests today. Lydia reports... Beat Bernie, all the news you need. We are Bernie and Sid on a Thursday morning, early in February, in New York City.
0: Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I've been thinking about my career and how I always read the mail that is sent to me Carefully. I believe in the general wisdom of the folks, even though that is being eroded by cell phones and laptops, which divert us away from constructive thinking. Very often, those who correspond with me are confused about why bright people often refuse to acknowledge reality. Two examples. First, there's no question that President Biden is not leading the country effectively. Yet about 40% of American adults apparently believe he's doing a good job. How is that even possible? The answer is deeply personal. Many folks simply will not admit mistakes. They will not accept that their decision to vote for Biden could have been wrong, despite overwhelming evidence that the president is failing. Example two is the stolen election, the great steal, as Donald Trump calls it. Millions of Americans believe President Trump did actually win in 2020, despite the fact that history says he did not. It may not be fair, but in order to prove the steal, you have to develop evidence that will stand up in court. Conspiracy theories will not do it. In order to succeed in life, every American has to accept reality. If we do not accept reality... Bad things will happen. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on.
3: A company Always on the run A destiny Oh, uh, this is wow. a kick-ass wow. song, man. It really is. Uh what's the name of the band against it? Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger Death Punch. This yeah. is terrific, terrific. Uh, well I hate to interrupt it but back here on the Bernie and Sid show. But we only have so much time. Hey, take a listen to this though. This is great. Hey. Here we go. The best
10: part. Thanks, and that's thanks, why thanks. they call me. Bad company, I can't deny. Yeah.
3: As I mentioned, back on the Bernie and Sid show, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to speak to Steve Sharippa, speaking of bad company, uh, in about 10 minutes, about 15 minutes. Steve
4: Sharippa just pulled a Bernie McGurk. You've known Steve a long time like I have. Very, very good friends. And I talk to Steve every now and then, but he's never, never once in our relationship sent an emoji. But on my morning video, which I shoot on Instagram, Rosenberg Sydney every day at about six oh one to start the show, I promoted him coming on, and he responded. He DM me. He slid into my DMs with a heart. <laughs> that is not Steve Sharippa-like, is it, Bernie? Uh, not
3: necessarily. You know, you get older and you get a little mushier. Is that a what it softer. is? Softer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and plus, it's an easy way to uh, just, you know, End the conversation, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? bro. Hey, listen this morning at 840 to the Social Security Minute sponsored by RSA, RSSA dot com, RSSA dot com. Learn how to maximize your Social Security benefits so you get the maximum benefit when you retire. Go to RSSA dot com. You know, Sid, I talked yesterday about this uh, and it got a lot of play yesterday all day long. The Johns Hopkins University study that said the lockdowns yep. did not work. In fact, they were so counterproductive; they caused the collateral damage was 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 horrendous. Suicides, ODs, alcoholism, deferred cancer treatments, and other treatments as well, depression, uh, you know, and poverty, all that stuff. Uh, it just came out. It, and, and, and again, it bears repeating because we have to hold people accountable. That we don't do it. I mean, this Dr. Fauci guy, he should be arrested and thrown into Guantanamo for crimes against humanity for what he did. For I mean, he advised Donald Trump. Remember that. He advised Trump to do all this stuff. Trump eventually uh, came, 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 t- came to the realization that we're making a mistake here. But listen to uh, Fauci, Walensky, and uh, Joe Biden, as a matter of fact. Take a listen to this.
5: Statewide lockdowns
0: that so many Americans lived under for months We're intended to buy us time to get
5: our act together.
9: When you have an acute situation, um, extraordinary number of cases. The answer to that is to really close things down, to go back to our basics, to shut things down, to flatten the curve.
3: The fact that we shut down when we did and the rest of the world did has saved hundreds of millions of infections and millions of lives. Uh, Dead wrong, dead fatally wrong sadly tragically wrong all of them and they're all still in power they all still have their jobs these guys biden fauci and walensky it really is gross it's disgusting uh, and uh, as opposed to what donald trump said back in 2020 uh about two months after the the lockdowns began he was like this is a mistake listen to what he said
8: you know what you're gonna have more
1: than anything else drug addiction you will see drugs being used like nobody's ever used
3: them before and people are going to be dying all over the place from, from drug addiction. Everything's closed up. You're in your house. You're not allowed to move. People are dying with that, too. You look at drug addiction. You look at suicides. You look at some of the things that are taking place. People are dying that way, too. People are losing their jobs. They're committing suicide. There's depression, alcohol, drugs at a level that nobody's ever seen before. That was in June of 2020. I mean, this guy was prescient. He was absolutely right on the money. All these other idiots were wrong. And, uh, again, it's just so sad that we have to remember so we don't repeat the mistakes. Uh, that's why I call attention to it. It's very, very important. And uh, Donald Trump, once again, he was right. Everybody else was wrong. Uh, let's see. I don't have time for this AOC thing, Right. You have about uh, two minutes. Okay, listen to this AOC talking about women wearing makeup. This is this is quite amusing. She's putting on makeup while she does this on Instagram. Listen to this.
7: There are studies that show that women who wear makeup or regularly wear, like, a, a decent amount of makeup kind of show up to the office and glam, also make more money. And so at that point, it stops being, these calculations and decisions stop being about choice, and they start being about patriarchy. <laughs> we live in systems that were largely built for the convenience of men and oftentimes were designed with the subjugation of women and queer people in mind.
6: What?
3: Wait, can you say queer people? Queer people. Queers. You can't you can't, you can't call people queers. Well you a- can't in your heart. You can't. I they can't, live, but she can. But, uh, duh, uh, uh, good-looking people at the office, people who are groomed, people yeah. who take care of themselves. And to your point uh, earlier, the, the next week is Fashion Week, and they're uh, asking everybody at the radio station to up their games. Right. Uh, people, who, uh, they, they get the advantage, of course. If you w- walk around like a slob, you're not going to get the job over the person who looks nope. good, takes care of themselves, puts on a little makeup. Uh, uh,
4: unless you're Pete Davidson.
3: Uh, well, yeah, that's a that's, that's, showbiz, maybe, is a different animal. Right.
4: Showbiz is definitely a different animal. For some
3: reason, you can look like a real
4: scumbag and uh, do great for yourself. But you're right. But in, in the business setting, you know, I know. I, I, I do pay attention. I, I keep my own little scorecard who looks professional, who doesn't, who looks good, who doesn't. Because I'm shallow, of course. And um, I think it matters. I really
3: do. And if you're, uh, you know, th- 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 let's face it, the fact of the matter is. Uh, Looks uh, get you ahead. I mean, tall people, tall men do better than, uh, you know, schlubby, uh, five-foot-four, bald-headed guys. No question. It's a a fact of life. Good-looking women do. It's just a fact of life. Sorry. It it has nothing to do with the patriarchy. It goes both ways. Men and women uh, do better if they look better. And uh, sorry to say there, AOC. AOC. Well, she's a beneficiary of, of, of the course. same culture because she's an attractive woman, and that's why she gets a lot of play, a lot of play in the, in the uh, news, all that stuff. So she's a beneficiary, but she tries to portray herself I as a I victim. Hate that. I, hate I have that. to put on makeup I, to, to, I, I, to please the men. I guarantee you she uses
4: filters on her Instagram, which, by the way, uh, I've never used one filter once. Guys who use filters, you're pathetic. But, um, you know, everybody's got, like, this uh, filter on their Instagram. I'm sure she's got one to, uh, to hide some of the – you've got one, Luke? You've got a uh, filter on your Instagram to hide some of your wrinkles. Well, you don't have anything. You're too young and beautiful right now. So. I just
6: don't post anything. So I don't, no, you don't post I anything. Didn't even, I did not even put myself out there.
4: Right, but I guarantee you AOC has got filters all over the place, Bernie.
3: Trust me. No, du- I, I no doubt. I use filters all the time. I'm on <laughs> cigarettes, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be quite honest with you. Hey, listen, Steve Sharippa is coming up. <laughs>
4: I woke up this morning and got myself a gun. Well, I mean, you hear this song, you know what's coming up next. You talk about a song that now is easily identified with something even bigger and better—the Sopranos. Bill O'Reilly will join us at eight forty. Congressman Lee Zeldin coming up at nine oh five. But yes. We are about to be joined here by a huge star from The Sopranos, where he played Bobby Bacala. Now does an amazing job on another great television show, Blue Bloods, plays Anthony. He is Steve Sharipa, but um, outside of his TV acting and movie acting, he does these live shows, you know, with Michael Imperioli, Christopher. And he's got a big show coming up February the 12th at the St. George Theater on uh, Staten Island. Comedy and conversation with The Sopranos. It's him, it's Michael, it's Big Pussy, Vinnie Pastore. He's got the comedian Joe Cola there. It's the only New York City appearance they've got coming up. And it has been widely, widely reviewed as an amazing time and a great show. So with that said, dear friend of both me and Bernie, here he is, the great actor, the very talented Steve Sharipper. Good morning, Stevie.
10: Hey boys, what's happening? How are you? Bernie, how are you, Sid?
4: Good to have All you. Good, All good, Stevie, thank it's you. It's always man. great having you on the program and of course uh, these are these are great shows and I mean, a lot of the folks that I know personally, Steve, have already seen you guys. But for folks that have not seen you guys, you, Michael, Vinnie, the whole crew, and they're going to be on Staten Island this weekend, next weekend, I should say. What are they in store for? What do they get exactly? You know, we,
10: we've done this show for a number of years, you know. We toured Australia with it. We've done it all over the country. It's, uh, we show clips from the show. Uh, Joey Cola, who's a terrific comedian, he comes out, he does about 15, 20 minutes, we show clips, we answer a bunch of questions that we've gotten and gathered over the years, uh, been on the internet, people, things people want to know, we tell stories, uh, we give you a little peek behind the curtain, then we do an incredible Q&A. Uh, You know, we got already over 1,200 people there coming, and then we do a, a question and answer. So it's you want to ask a soprano a question, this is your opportunity. Uh-oh. So people get up, and there's a microphone, and they get up and ask a question, and we answer everything. And so it really is a lot of fun. If you're a fan, and we've done it everywhere, Detroit. Jersey, well, Ohio, this thing, key, Arizona. Right, you
4: this know. this thing started. Uh, was this when Mike Martucci doing the Sinatra stuff? And no, he's... no,
10: it started way before that. But okay. we did it with we did it with Michael Martucci, and that was a lot of fun. You know. Uh, But it started even years before we used to do it with Tony Sirico used to come out with Lorraine Bracco, you know, and now it's, uh, you know, Vinny, who's just terrific. He was there from day one. Michael wrote five episodes. So they were in the writer's room. Every show is different. I learned something new every show. It really is a lot of fun.
3: And Steve Schirripa, what would you say is the most frequently asked question about The Sopranos? Uh, is it about the last uh, episode, or uh, what would it be?
10: Yeah, yeah, Bernie. yeah. I would say you know what happened. You know what? What happened to the Russian? You know, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know that's a big one. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, another one is, uh, of course, uh, is Tony alive or dead? I mean, that comes up. We talk about right. all that stuff. We talk about Jim, but uh, once in a blue moon there's a question comes up that kind of has us all stumped. There's some good ones, you know, there's a lot of these people, a lot of Soprano fans. And now there's a lot of younger fans, people in their teens and twenties that were too young to watch it are watching it now, you know, especially during COVID it was bigger than ever. The Sopranos and, uh, these people have watched it ten times. They know the show better than we do.
4: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's no, true. I, I did sit down with Danielle last week, Steve, and I watched The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, and Michael, of course, does the narrating because uh, Dickie Mosastante is, the, is the, really the star of that movie. It's not about Jimmy Gandolfini, although he does come into play later with his son. I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I had heard it was really not good and, and blah, blah, blah. So I went in with very low expectations, but I thought it was pretty good. What do you think of that movie?
10: You know, I thought it was good. Uh, You know, it's hard to beat the original and with the characters, you know, uh, you know, guys. I mean, uh, these are beloved characters, Paulie Walnuts, Tony Soprano, Carmella, you know, and now you're seeing a different version and different people. It, It was good. Uh, David Chase is brilliant, but uh, I don't think it met a lot of people's expectation of what the show was, what they were expecting. You know, that's what I think. That's fair. Yeah,
3: Fair enough. Uh, At the St. George Theater on February 12th, Steve Sharippa and a stellar uh, bunch of guys from from The Sopranos going to give a great evening of entertainment, February 12th, St. George Theater in Staten Island. Steve, I think this is the first time we spoke to you. I've never seen you so passionate as when we talked about Bill de Blasio. This is the first time we're speaking to you that he is not
10: mayor. And I know, I know. I t- it's, it's amazing, yeah. You've got to be over the moon. Well, listen, I am over the moon. I'm hoping Adams does something. I mean, this guy's got to dig himself out of a hole. This de Blasio, what he did... It's just incredible what, what a terrible job he did, you know. I mean, it, it's it's beyond the, the shape that he left the city. Uh, you know, he is just a, one of the worst people I've said it before. One of the worst people to walk the face of the earth. And he's a dumbbell. He's just a big doofus, you know, a big, stupid doofus. And he (laughs) thinks he did a good job. That's what's amazing.
1: A pot smoking putz. That's what's amazing. It's amazing that he walked out of here
10: thinking, well, this is great. Look, there's people in tents. There's people living under the highway. This is fantastic. Look what I did, me and my wife.
3: He's going to run for Congress, too. How do you like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
10: mean, you know, it's insanity. What's going on? It's Saturday. I'm hoping Adams. I, I know he's trying. I really am hoping that he, he gets things squared away. Here. Okay. I mean, you, you got to be afraid to ride the trains. I mean, yep. well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you. You know, you know, uh, we're giving away a couple of tickets, right, Bernie? Uh, to yep. The show, yes. absolutely. Uh, two ahead, pairs,
4: see. giving away uh, four tickets. Two pairs for it's next Saturday night, the 12th. The uh, two days they have to prove yeah.
10: that they. Hate Bill De Blasio as much as me.
3: <laughs> yeah,
10: and then we'll give the tickets. I don't know how they could do that. Is there anyone that dislikes him as much as me? Uh,
3: no, I would. Say, well, a lot of people equal uh, equal, but not 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 more. I would say. By the way, I'm not I'm not convinced
4: this next guy's going to be a heck of a lot better. Uh, if you listen to the show, I'm very very down on Eric Adams. i Have been for quite some time, including during his campaign. He tends to try to make both sides happy. So as bad as Bill De Blasio it can't was, it can
10: be as bad, bro. Uh, no, I, 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 I
4: know, but so what? We need somebody who's gonna be great the well, season. Well gonna
10: run. Nobody runs. I mean well yeah I know. That's true. That's true. I mean. Yeah,
4: who I don't know what's more depressing, uh what's going on with this city or the fact after we got guys like Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, we won forty four games was there last, last year. night. What happened
10: I was, to at, the the, Knicks? I was at the game last night. I was there. Yeah. And what should, happened? Should have won that game. You know, <laughs> listen uh, should have won the game. I mean, I, I don't know. It's very it's very frustrating. One day the guys come out, they play great, and they play hard. And then, you know, other games, uh, there's problems. I, do, mean, do I, like, I can't
4: explain that. Do you, you know? like Jim Dolan? You get along well with Jim yeah, Dolan? How I do like
10: do? Jim okay. very much. And let me tell you something, and, I, and I'm being dead serious here. He wants the team to win more than anybody, and he does a lot of stuff, a lot of charity stuff, that God in the dreams. He does a lot of good stuff behind the scenes. He takes a lot of heat, and he shouldn't. That's my opinion.
3: You know, like the Steve Sharippa on the Bernie and Sid Show, again, at the St. George Theater on Staten Island, February 12th. Steve Sharippa and a bunch of uh, veterans, uh, cast members from The Sopranos, put on a great show for you. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, Sidney and myself, we interviewed Charles Oakley yesterday. Now, this is – it was hilarious, actually, but – uh, Charles Oakley tears apart Patrick Ewing. I mean, Idiotic. he holds no, pulls no punches. Patrick Ewing was selfish. He didn't lead the team. He was the reason why we never uh, won a championship. I mean, just bashing Patrick Ewing left and right. What do you think about that?
10: But what does he get from that? What does he get? This is ancient history. We're talking twenty years ago or more. What, what does he get out of doing that? I mean, you know, he bashed Olin. He bashes this one. I mean, what, what, what does Charles Oakley get? From doing not this. only
4: that, but Charles Oakley spent the beginning of his career with Michael Jordan, and Jordan did not win until they got rid of Oakley and got Scottie Pippen, and then he uh, went to t- Toronto with Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. He didn't win there either. So while he's then, you know, football- not only that, but <laughs> yeah. then he
10: had the big spectacle at the Garden. You know, I don't know if he was drinking; he wasn't drinking. That was sure, a whole big to do that didn't have to happen at all. So I'm not getting what he's trying to do. What is he doing?
4: I don't know, but it's Sell ridiculous. Bucks. Patrick Selling Ewing. books? Is that, yes. that going
10: to make me go out and buy his books? I don't <laughs> think so. I know. Uh-huh.
4: We love uh, Patrick Ewing as Nick Banzi. He didn't pass out of the double team. Are you kidding me? The uh, yeah. very talented Steve Sharippa, Bobby Bacala, and, uh, and Blue Bloods. You know, it's funny. Congressman Peter King, Steve, is on this show every Wednesday. Yeah, good man.
10: Good man, Peter. He's P. a great man. Love him.
4: And he just, he, I think he Instagrams something about Blue Bloods every week. Now, we love this show for a long time, obviously, but there is a whole whole legion of bands now uh, Bill some, O'Reilly included. Yes, Bill O'Reilly too. Love some it. think that Blue Bloods everybody's as good as Sopranos. How about that, Steve?
10: Uh, listen, I love Bill too. I was just on his show last month. He's uh, you know, listen, Blue Bloods is a great show. I couldn't be happier to be there. Uh Pete King has come to the set. You know, the guys love him. Tom Selleck loves him. Everybody loves Pete King. Uh I I uh, I don't know if we could compare it. It's two different apples and oranges from The Sopranos. But it's a great show that we're in our 12th season. And I would bet my last dollar that we'll probably pick, get picked up for number 13. The no ratings quest. have been great.
3: And you do a great job, Anthony Abinamarco. The, the, last Friday, uh, you were featured in the that episode. Uh, with the uh, you, supposedly dating a girl, and uh, it was really good with Tom Brady's ex. What's her name, Erin? Bridget, uh,
10: Bridget Moynihan, who's Bridget great. Moynihan, Right. She's directing the next episode.
3: Oh, no kidding. Oh, directing she is the
10: next episode, yeah.
3: Ultra talented, and, and you two guys make a great pair. It's actually very, very funny, the two of you. Uh, I, Blue it's Bunch.
10: great. You know, Bernie, listen, you're only as good as what they write for you. And this, these writers, most of them will be there from the, uh, day one. We got some new ones, and you're only as good as the writers. You know, I mean, you know. Listen, uh, I, I'm not. Put, actors are fantastic, and I love them, but. We're only as good as the words that come out of our mouth from True. someone who writes. Them.
3: You know that is refreshingly honest coming yep. from an actor like that. Is really uh, that, that's know? why we love you, man.
10: Yeah, that, I, I, you, I, I mean, I, we're I, not cure, You know, we're not curing things. We're not. You know, you know. You know. What are you? What are you doing? This guy's going to write the words, and I'm going to try to say them as <laughs> realistic as possible. That's what's going to happen. I got to tell you,
4: I remember the exact moment Stevie. I fell in love with you on The Sopranos, and it was after your uh, your wife died on the show, of course. Obviously, your wife in real life is a wonderful lady and runs marathons like my wife does. But uh, your wife had died, and you were with uh, Janice Ada Tataro, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and she—I guess she used your wife's lasagna or something. She—I I just remember—and you were so upset, you were so sad. I was sitting at home watching the show, going. This guy, I really feel like, I really feel like his, his real wife is dead and somebody's eating their damn lasagna. That episode, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's exactly when I fell in love with you. That was that acting was so good and so real, you made me cry that
10: night. Yeah, thanks, Shanks. But, you know, I mean... You know, listen. That, you know, when I had to do all that emotional stuff on The Sopranos, that's hard to get yourself. You know, it's hard for some people. It's easy, right? I mean, you know, Tom Hanks. I work with Molly Ringwall, She cries five times and then goes <laughs> to the craft service and eats a, a sandwich and then comes back and cries more. Right? I mean, for me, you had to get. I mean, I remember I was living in Little Italy, uh, above uh, above the restaurant Il Cortile, and. Getting myself in a funk, you know, before I go to work. Well, you know, how do you so, do?
4: Like, do you, do you
1: think? You know, that listen, like you
10: listen to sad songs, right, you watch right. sad movies, you right. get yourself to such a place where you go, "Why the hell am I doing this?" You know, <laughs> what, what am I doing? Yeah. I got to make myself cry all day long. You know, it's, uh, it's it's not easy for some people, easier than others. You know, but uh, listen, you know, because we had the podcast and uh, we went back and watched the show after twenty years. Seriously, the The Sopranos is just absolutely brilliant. The writing, it's funny, it's sad, it's so good, and every actor. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. You, I couldn't see anybody else playing the roles except for the people that played them. Agree. You know? No. no.
3: And, and by the way, you mentioned, uh, for example, oftentimes people ask the greatest series, and some people say Breaking Bad. Some people even throw in Yellowstone. But here's here's the difference. You mentioned it. Humor. The Sopranos was yeah. hilarious. Yep. And you don't get that from these yep. other shows. And that's yeah. the element that elevates that yeah. show to the greatest series, uh, TV series ever, The Agreed. Sopranos.
10: I agree. You know, listen, uh, It's sometimes it's laugh out loud. I mean, literally laugh out loud. Yes. funny. I mean, yeah. when you go, you know, Michael Imperioli, and he tells a story like, you know, he tells a story on stage. He, when he got the script, first of all, it, it wasn't uh, – Christopher Moltisanti, the name was Dean Moltisanti. Oh, really? And, and Tony Soprano was first called Tommy Soprano. Oh, my God. No good. <laughs> you know, and Mike, uh, you know, Michael, when he got the script at the beginning, he didn't know if it was a spoof. He didn't know what it was. He said he read the script. He thought it was kind of a joke. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So what is this? I mean, you know, uh, because it's so funny, you know, right. David's funny, the writers, Terry Winter, you know, they're, they're uh, uh, you know Breaking Bad, and I and I told it on the podcast. I and and the acting is brilliant. Brian Cranston and 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 uh, what's it? Aaron Paul, whatever. Brilliant performances. I did not like Breaking Bad. I don't know if it was the subject matter. I watched two seasons and I. Shut it off. I, I never watched it. Watch
3: it. I never even
4: watched no. it. And i yeah, watch watched everything. I
10: know people love it. I yeah, it just I wasn't for me. Uh, I, I
3: loved it, too. But yeah. the, 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 seriously, the differentiation between the Sopranos and everybody else is the humor on the Sopranos. And, that, and not, that, just,
4: that. not just on the air, but off the air. When you tell the story of how David Chase <laughs> came to your apartment in uh, Lower Manhattan and uh, told you that you're about to get knocked off the show. And you're like, Sid, it was like a real hit.
10: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He said, I guess you know why I'm here. I mean, what's funnier than Paulie Walnuts? You know, even the last episode, you know, when the cat, you know, yes. he's got the cat. Yes. He's calling them cats or snakes with fur. <laughs>
4: <laughs> good one of the old Tony Sirico, one of the greats. One of the good guys yes. right here,
3: Steve Scheripper. Again, February 12th. <laughs> well, uh,
10: the, uh, the, Paulie Walnut. <laughs> you know, we, 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 Paul, we do Paulie Walnut impressions. Da, da,
3: da. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is great, Tony. Hey, listen, we are out of time, Steve Scheripper, but you are uh, terrific. Again, as I mentioned, one of the good guys. February 12th, St. George Theater out in staten island and uh anything anything else you want to promote uh steve
10: that's it you know you got to listen if you're a soprano fan we have our book out you know woke up this morning hit number six on the new york times list me and michael wrote it it's a terrific oral history of the sopranos and just come out this is our only new york city appearance uh, with this show you know people think staten island so far staten island's not far you take the ferry it's a great place it, it'll be a lot of fun, I promise you. No, oh,
4: it's a great, it's a great borough And get ready for Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball, which we actually own here at WABC. And former New York Met great Edgardo Aponzo about to manage that baseball team. We announced that last week. So lots so of good what are stuff. You, you guys own,
10: oh, oh, You guys? The, the, the John
4: owns it. Yeah, the boss. He's one of them. He's yeah, right. He's, he's uh, part of the group. And I like so. him.
10: You know, John Katsimatidis, I years ago when I came back to New York, I had a friend of mine, a Greek guy out of Pittsburgh, and I met him and his lovely wife uh, up at Serafina, and we had lunch. Oh, wow. 20 something years ago, yeah, yeah. Really nice guy, and his wife is terrific.
4: Oh, Margo is lovely. Margo Reco-
10: terrific. Yes. And we, had, we, we had lunch at Serafina. It was it was a, a very nice meeting there. Nice.
4: Yeah. She's actually recovering from back surgery today, and we send Margo all love. Hey, Steve, you were terrific, really. We'll see you next Saturday night on Staten Island. Great job. All all thank right. you so Give much. Give those
10: tickets away. They got to dislike de Blasio more than me. <laughs> all right, you got uh, it. Prove it, Bernie and Sid. Prove <laughs> it. <laughs> we'll uh, it.
3: We'll try We'll do our best,
4: Stevie. Uh, Steve Sharippo will take a show Short break, and exciting 8 o'clock hour coming your way, including Bill O'Reilly, Hour 3 of Bernie and Sid, right after this.
1: Cool,
3: be, baby, go? Well, get out there. want to go.
4: You saw the breaking news.
3: Back here on the Bernie and Sidney. No, I have not, Sydney.
4: I don't really want to share the breaking news. I really Why not? Don't I, I share the breaking
3: wind. To.
4: Yeah, it's all over the place. President Biden, who was on his way to New York uh, to meet with Hochul and Adams, he is about to speak to the country in about an hour and a half at 930 because it turns out that we've killed a major, major member, a leader of of ISIS, President Biden is, uh, ah. we've, And I don't want to say it because, A, I don't want President Biden taking credit for anything. And secondly, one ISIS member certainly does not make up 13 of our brave men and women we lost in Afghanistan. When you start killing 13, 14, 15, then we can talk. But uh, they're making a big deal about it. U.S. forces have killed an ISIS leader in Syria. And uh, President Biden is set to talk to the country at 930. And he's going to beat himself on the chest and tell everybody what a great job he's doing. Oh, uh,
3: that, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen? It's just just another. It's a distraction. Like, what can we do? What can we do to to distract from the, the failures, the multitude of failures that are going on in this country right now? And they well, well, let's get a let's get a terrorist leader. Let's elevate this. guy. He's pro- probably some like delivery guy. In exactly. ISIS. And well, they're he's a delivery guy in. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> going to tell you. Yeah, he was he was the number two in command or something like that. Uh, yeah, total distraction, and uh, yeah, the imbecile, of course, coming to uh, town today to meet with Eric Adams after the announcement. I would imagine they're going to be at one uh, Police Plaza. He's going to meet with Governor Hopeless Hochul as well. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Adams is—we uh, talked about it yesterday—positively giddy over this. But folks, expect nothing to happen. As a matter of fact, many, many cringeworthy moments I predict will come out of these uh, this meeting. And this event uh, with Biden coming to town, he's going to talk about the influx of guns into the state. That's not going to solve the problem. That's a a long term, uh, uh, you know, effort solution, if you will. Uh, But that's not even going to be a solution. Uh, Who did we speak to? We spoke to somebody yesterday, uh, somebody who told who said to us it was Peter King. The the guns were on the, the guns are on the street. We have to stop the people using the guns and the policies. That make them afraid to take the guns out and walk on the streets with them. That's what Rudy Giuliani. That's what Bill Bratton. That's what Ray Kelly did. And that's not what they the, apparently what they're going to do here uh, with this uh, neutered anti-crime unit. So anyway, I don't expect uh, anything to come out of that. That's happening today. I don't. I don't know what time he gets here. But uh, also, you have uh, the Olympics actually started uh, last night, Sydney. I know you're excited about that. Had a big curling match. <laughs> and, yeah, they curl. the United States beat Australia in curling. I hate that sport. Very exciting. I hate that sport. And, and when you say excited,
4: I know you're, you're being somewhat sarcastic. I am looking forward to it. Excited's a bit too intense. I'm more excited about the Super Bowl outside the halftime show. But I do enjoy it. I do enjoy the, uh, the speed skating, the ice skating, all that stuff. We've been over that before. But uh, I don't watch curling. I don't get it. Uh, I know it's been explained to me a thousand times, the difficulty and the mop and the, 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 the hockey no puck. It's stupid. It is really stupid, right? Seriously. It's
3: just like, what are you doing? What are you what, doing? What, no, what are, what you are know, we what, watching we, here?
4: We talked yesterday, Bernie, that Luke Lograno, our uh, budding superstar, our traffic guy, he has like a friend or a cousin
6: who's on the bobsled team.
4: The American, what is this kid's name? You can root for him. No, so that's a
6: sport. So Charlie Volker, former running back for the Princeton uh, football team is on the uh, U.S. bobsled team, a Monmouth County guy out in New Jersey. So, yeah, if you guys ever watch the uh, bobsled qualifiers, make sure you're pulling for Charlie.
3: What's his name again? No doubt. Charlie Volker. That's awesome. All right, cool. Charlie's our guy. So you have the women's hockey team is playing tonight against Finland. Tomorrow night is the opening ceremonies. And uh, if if 2008, when they hosted the Summer Olympics, is any indication – It'll be a spectacular show. Yes, it really yes, They, they yes. did a, a wonderful job. I agree. Even though it's the Communist Chinese. <laughs> guys, and these <laughs> are like the, the genocide. They call them the genocide Olympics. Uh, and there's also a woman. I don't know if you heard about this. She's, uh, she's well, she was an American skier. Uh, she grew up in uh, California. She's half Chinese. And she switched to uh, join the Chinese team. She's going to represent right? China. Yeah, her name is Eileen Gu. Traitor. Eileen Gu, She's a eighteen trader. years old, she is a trader, of course. And uh, you know what are you doing? And she, she also has uh, she has sponsorships by Tiffany's, Victoria's Secret, Cadillac. Still, but she plays for the Communist Chinese. Yes, they still they,
4: they didn't pull the their sponsorship when she went they to the team.
3: They did not. Oh, my this God. this is wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, is, so we,
4: do we still play hockey? I know the women play. I remember years ago. Remember Cami Granado She was the goalie. Her brother Tony Granado was a really good hockey player, Rangers Kings. But do the men still play hockey? In the Olympics? Uh, yes.
6: I don't know. Uh, so, actually, the NHL was supposed to send guys to the Olympics this year. They pulled out about probably about two months ago. They pulled out to so send guys to there's the Olympics. No hockey at all. So, so, so we, we are sending hockey guys. We're sending a lot of former NHL players. And actually, very exciting, Said A lot of college hockey players we're sending. Oh, cool. Okay. That's The Michigan Wolverine team is sending like four different guys to the U.S. team this year. That's okay. That's what we did back in 1980
3: when we beat the Russians. So That's cool. So, uh, well, yeah, you have all that. You have Tom Brady's going to make his official announcement today in Tampa. That he's stepping down. Uh, apparently, it's that has created a lot of excitement. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. What we're going to learn from it. We're going to look at Tom Brady one last time in an uh, official capacity, I guess. But he's going to be around for. A long- Is he going to get a job in a broadcast booth? Do uh, you
4: think so? I-, I don't think so. I-, I don't look at him like that type of guy. Uh, he's the type of guy to me that could be more like a Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan type that eventually will buy a football team, own a football team, but. I can't see, like, Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, him sitting there week after week in a booth breaking down football. He's got, he's got too many other interests. He's too good looking. He has got he's works for, like, 9,000 different companies he's got underneath him. I just don't see Tom Brady doing that. I could be wrong. I don't know, Tom, personally. But my guess is if he gets back into football, ownership,
3: not TV. Okay, so you have the guy who runs uh, CNN, Jeff Zucker. He's uh, a Don Rickles-looking schmuck. He's got, like, <laughs> three chins or whatever. Anyway, he's out. He's out, and it turns out that th- this is very, very ugly. Uh, Fredo ratted him out about the relationship, even though it was an open secret, as everybody points out. But it goes deeper than that; it goes way deeper, as you know, as we talked about earlier. Uh, they're not paying Fredo. In other words, they're paying Whoopi weeks, but they're not paying Fredo the remainder of his contract, and he is pissed. He is angry, and he's got vi- he's got uh, apparently has videotapes, and he's he's on a vendetta against this uh, Jeff Zucker who stepped down. There's there's more to it. There's no question about it. There's more to it. But uh, either way, the ratings for CNN year to year, listen to this, down 90%. 90%. Now, they don't really uh, depend on uh, advertising and ratings, stuff like that. It's more about subscriptions, which are probably, you know, everybody subscribes to CNN. Every cable outlet, uh, cable provider subscribes to CNN. But either way, he was a failure, and uh, he was, he's a he, collusion hoaxer. I mean, all kinds of hoaxes they'd perpetrated. He should have been fired for all of that. The hoaxes over the years, uh, with the Justice Smollett, with the uh, Covington kids, the Brett Kavanaugh rape thing. I mean, he had on this Avenatti more times than uh, uh, I mean, than, than Don Lemon, for God's sakes, at a certain point. but he was just a complete and total low-life CNN uh, 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 executive. He's out, and I hope uh, more comes out that gets ugly with this guy. Also, uh, I mentioned Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi is threatening to quit. Apparently, the people at the, on The View, her co-host, Joey Behar and the rest of them, they don't like her. She's getting paid hundred grand a week to sit home for two weeks. Hardly cancel culture, I would say, uh, that with the uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And by the way, it comes to ab- about three days after the, she was calling for the cancellation of Joe Rogan the rest of the, these people on The View. By the way, this is the way they addressed it. Joy Behar yesterday. This is how they handled Whoopi's absence. Take a listen.
7: You all saw the news. Whoopi will be back here in two weeks.
3: Okay. Wow. In two weeks. Very wow, emotional. It. That was it. No, yeah, nothing like uh, we're going to miss her or whatever. She's unfortunate. No, they don't like each other. This is the rumor that's going around is that uh, the, the people on
4: do we lose them? She also Hello? had her issues with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, because Rosie came back. Oh, yeah. Remember that, Bernie? Rosie came back for that second time, and, and
3: uh, the reason why she
4: left was because she couldn't stand Whoopi
3: Goldberg. But exactly right. Yes, that's true. But uh, look, they, they, they're all these people now are bemoaning cancel culture. She didn't get canceled. She's nope. getting paid. She's getting a two-week vacation. Roseanne Barr got canceled. Sharon Osborne got canceled. Megan Kelly got canceled, even though she's still getting paid. Uh, the dude, Chris Harrison... He got canceled, but listen to a Joe Scarborough, Mika, and Don Lemon. Listen to them now on Cancel Culture. I want to know who is so frail
0: over at ABC or who is so frail out there. That they can't understand when somebody makes a mistake, apologizes for the mistake, and takes all the corrective actions that could be taken for that mistake, and then they're still suspended for two weeks.
9: This is something that is just gonna like start getting ridiculous. I mean, if Woodby Goldberg is canceled, that would be, that would be the, I mean, that would be the end of this all. This cancel culture is getting so out of hand.
0: I am on this show every night. And I say things that I regret all the time, and sometimes sure, it comes out of my mouth that, and I want not. and I want to pull it back, right? right. right. Um, and I think if, as long as we can learn from that, and if the apology is sincere, I think we should allow people to move on and I mean, not so so-called it. cancel so them. Of it.
3: Listen, they could have, they could have inserted Don Imus's name in all of that. It could have been said about him uh, what was it 14 years ago? Could have exactly the same thing. A, they're very selective in, in who they're offended by, who gets canceled. And again, as I mentioned, a two-week paid vacation, no cancellation there whatsoever. But uh, yeah, she's out, and uh, good riddance to her for two weeks because uh, I hope she quits. I hope she gets out. But she's, she ain't going to. She quit. just signed a, I think, four-year deal. Right. Yeah. And she ain't making this money anyplace else. Her
4: days of uh, big movies with Patrick Swayze and Sister Act and all that stuff is over. So she, uh, she's pissed, and uh, I don't even blame her, to be honest. In this case, I think she's right. You apologize, and you don't get suspended after that. But, 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 she's not quitting, not so quickly.
3: 1-800-848-WABC. And change your name, by the way. Change it from Goldberg back to something else. Yeah, totally. Back to Johnson. Change back from Goldberg to something else. My name is Johnson. Karen Johnson. Yeah, she's a Karen. Karen Johnson. one 800 848
4: 9222 Bill O'Reilly coming up at 8.40. Congressman and gubernatorial hopeful Lee Zeldin coming up at 9.05. Lydia Reports, always coming up next as we move on. It's been a great Thursday morning. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
0: This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani.
9: Sid, we've talked about this so many times. I mean, you were the one that was first talking about it, about masks. I mean, they they don't work. There's not a single study. Seriously, there's not a single study that shows that masking kids up in school has prevented infection. We have heard it time and time again that it's the teachers, it's the staff. The kids are never the source. There was even a CDC study that came out during the height of the pandemic that they found that the kids were never the source of any kind of covid transmission. And M- Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti, the reason I bring up L.A. is because L.A. is very similar to New York City and their mayor. He was busted. Well, I wasn't even busted. He was not wearing a mask while he was taking a photo with Magic Johnson. No, it was, it, was, it was the
4: governor Newsom, not the mayor yeah. Garcetti. Yeah, it was, both. No. It was both. Oh, both. It was both. OK, there you go. Both, both. It, yep.
9: It was Thank it you, was babe. both. OK, so, Gar- yeah, both of them. And Pelosi, of course, has been caught without a mask and this and that. So. Garcetti, By the way, instead also of just, L-
3: London, London Breed, the uh, uh, mayor of San Francisco, same thing. So you had yep. a, a trifecta there.
9: So instead of just saying, listen, guys, you know what? I took my mask off. Uh, we were outdoors. What's the big deal? It only lasted a couple of seconds or whatever. He goes and says the most nonsensical reason as to why it was okay for him to not wear a mask. And the reason he had to justify it is because they are very insistent upon kids as young as two years old to be masked up. Take a listen. What Garcetti said: I wore my mask the entire game, and I, when people asked for a photograph, I hold my breath and I put it here, and people could see that. There's a zero percent chance of infection from that. So he says he held his breath <laughs> when people so asked for a, a photograph.
8: So, I, so,
3: so,
4: no, so
8: he's,
9: I,
3: telling that, he's telling us that he's telling us that he's telling us that Magic Johnson asked him for a fo- yes. for a, a photograph, a <laughs> selfie. You believe that? I don't believe that. I believe maybe Governor Newsom, Governor Newsom, made the same claim. That I can sort of believe, but not Garcetti. I have to tell I, you guys, Magic Johnson. Uh, Magic Johnson, right? He's not, Magic Johnson, I care about Newsom. So uh,
4: my son, Gabriel, Lydia, and Bernard, he's home from school today. And why is he home from school today? Because some kid at his school on the Upper West Side, I guess, ha- got COVID, and uh, one of the teachers or somebody at my son's school says that my son came into contact with this kid. And, and they're making a big deal about it, and we've been over this about a billion times. Almost every day somebody comes into contact, whatever that means. You're walking down the street, you're coming into contact. So Gabriel is home again today because some dupus at his school ended up with COVID and they're all freaking out. When we know, we know that, you know, Gabe's already had it and he's got respiratory issues, he was fine. He's, a, he's still a healthy young little boy. Nothing's going to happen, but he's home from school today.
9: He's home from school, and what uh, does he learn so while he's home
4: tedious. from school? He's watching SpongeBob and eating Cocoa Puffs.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. in, in other words, he's, uh, he's not progressing for a day, at the very least, which Gabe can handle because he's a smart kid. But the majority of kids out there, they need every single day, every hour in class, they need it. I mean, because the, the schools. sucks. So- Goes to a private school, but uh, it really just uh, absolutely the cruelest. It hurts the kids so much to obsess on it when we know the science says it does not hurt the kids to catch this thing. It's like getting a cold, the numbers are infinitesimally small of kids being hospitalized because of COVID. So the whole stupid thing.
7: FrankBrunoLaw.com. That's FrankBrunoLaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno.
3: The crowds are sitting there with no masks, but kids in school have to be suffocated with these stupid masks that don't work and they're filthy, and they can't—they can't see the teacher because she's wearing a mask as well, or he. They can't communicate. I mean, it really is stunting their period, their ability to communicate with each other. It's
9: terrible. I saw the most ridiculous picture recently of Hochul... First of all, she looks ridiculous on two parts. She's getting way too much Botox, and I hate to be critical of a way a woman looks, but it's something like deranged looking with her. Her eyebrows are now up to, like, the top of her forehead, her hairline. She's not making any sense. She extended the mask mandate, so there she is posing with kids in school. She's not wearing a mask, and you see these little kids with, like, the mask covering their faces. A lot of kids have speech delays, right? A lot of kids have special needs. A lot of kids learn by mimicking other facial features. Think about it this way. Like, my My kid, she's going to be five on February 10th when the mask mandate finally is supposed to expire here in New York state. She's never known life really without a mask in school. That's how sad this has become. And I don't know what's worse, the fact that she doesn't know what she's missing out on being able to socialize. They were building a snowman the other day outside of school, and the teacher sent me pictures. And they're wearing masks outside God. while building a snowman. It, it's this they're not even listening to the science and the science shows you can't catch it if you're outdoors. Like it's almost impossible. But here we are because the you got the panic porn. The liberal, the liberal left wing radical media who loves to scare the crap out of people. And that's all this is about. It's about control. It's about driving up ratings. It was never about health. Think about it, it was never about health because there's not a single study that they can even point to.
4: Uh, you're preaching to the choir. So, I mean, I've never followed this I you thing. You never from, wore a mask. Yeah, I never you're wore a mask. You know, I got yelled at by Danielle every day. She still wears a mask. She never got it uh, to her credit. Whatever she's done, she's done it well. And um, she never got it. Uh, she wears a mask if she's with people, not outside, but if she's in a, inside. I don't even wear it then. I don't wear it on the subway. I never did. I, I, I always came from the place where, A, I knew it wasn't going to kill me because I'm in really good shape. B, if I got it, so what? Good. Now I got it. It's over with. I build up the antibodies and let's move on. And C, the masks don't work anyway. And D, we look like such an unhealthy society. When I walk around the Upper West Side- and people are walking around with masks on, it's scary. So there's like four or five different reasons why I never did it, and I'm still alive here today to talk about it. So whatever I did obviously didn't kill me. But I, uh, you know, I thought from day one, Lydia, I thought this whole thing, everything about this virus has been overexposed, exaggerated, and blown way over the top from the first person that died over two years ago.
9: I couldn't agree more. And I, as far as I know, have never gotten COVID. I've, I, when this all started, I had a really bad cold and maybe that was it. But as far as I know, I've never gotten it. And I, I'm, I'm, I've just washed my hands. I take my vitamin D. I take my multivitamins. I try to exercise and keep active. And I actually make sure to not be a close talker. I like to keep my distance away from people. And so I, I don't know, just kind of practicing common sense. And knock on wood, so far so good. But here we are. Here we are. Two years into this, we still under a mask mandate. I can't. You can't go into a store. You can't. I was. I was walking by uh, Third Avenue, and I saw these uh, people tourists trying to get into a restaurant to eat, and they were asking them for their vaccine cards, and they had to be turned away. It's like enough is enough it's 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 over. I know everybody wants to say this or that but we know that 80% of the people that have died in the hospitals of covid they were morbidly obese. They had serious underlying conditions. Why isn't why are why why is the media unlike us or other politicians or medical health leaders focusing more on that instead of masking instead of vaccines? How about telling people to lose weight, to exercise, vitamin D, to eat right, get your vegetables, because that will really help you and save your life in the long run, not just from COVID, but from every single disease that there is out there pretty much.
4: So there are some people that have been saying that from day one, folks like Dr. Oz, for example, he has said that from day one, but you're right, that that's the real cure all, not the nonsense that these uh, liberal folks want you to believe. Great job as always. Who's coming up on the big show at five this afternoon?
9: Today is Thursday. I have no idea. Yesterday, we had a fantastic show. We had a great time where John Katzmatidis, you know, it's his battle cry. People need to have courage to stand up for what is right. We don't care if you're red. We don't care if you're blue. This is all about being red, white, and blue. This is about being American. And that's what we talk about at John Katzmatidis, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God and the wokesters. They don't want to hear it. When we talk about God, when we talk about what's right in this world, and we're going to make sure here at WABC radio, that we are going to preserve our, our way of life. America was an experiment, right? And it has been the most amazing experiment that's ever lived. That's why everybody and their mother wants to come here. That's when my parents came here your ancestors came here and that's it. That's all it's about. It's about the truth. And truth, John justice, Katz, Mercedes, and the, American, and the way. American way. Five o'clock, cats at night. You don't want to miss it. It's now the number one show at five o'clock. Like you guys are number one across the country as far as talk uh, talk radio in the country now. Number one at five o'clock, and it's all credit to John Katz and Margot and Chad and meany and it's 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 a it's a great ride no doubt. it's thrilling i'm no so doubt. i'm so and, honored.
3: and you yep. as well lydia Serrano. gets a lot of credit we love you lydia thank you for that report Right here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, folks. Download that app; it's easy. Also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, and you can check us out on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABC Radio TV. You can watch us. Essentially, is what I'm saying here. Our next guest, 8:40 every Thursday. He's the highlight of the week, and you can hear Bill O'Reilly also 7:25 every morning on the Bernie and Sid Show. One o'clock in the afternoon. 9 o'clock at night. This man is a prolific author. He really is the king of all media. BillOReilly.com, a great TV show. And uh, he joins us now. Let's bring him in. Bill O'Reilly, good morning to you.
0: You know, I don't think people appreciate how brilliant you are. So you guys, you know, you do the breakers spot, and then you bring in Stevie Wonder, <laughs> "Sunshine in My Life." I mean, that <laughs> it just people, scholars everywhere, going, "Jeez, that no, is just no, brilliant!" That would yeah. right. make
3: you brilliant that you picked up on it, Bill O'Reilly.
0: Because yeah, I know great. everything; you I know. am all seeing.
3: Omniscient, I think, is the word of the day we're looking for right below.
0: Yeah, that's a good word, Bernie. That's excellent for a guy who didn't go to high school.
3: <laughs> is that hey, you know, Bill? There's so much going on. Joe Biden's coming to town. They just killed supposedly an ISIS leader and all kinds of things happening. So I don't know where to start with you, but I will start. I'm going to pick this, your message of the day. You had a great show last night. But your message of the day concerns the resignation, quote-unquote, of Jeff Zucker at CNN. So why not start there?
0: Okay. Um, First of all, uh, I've learned that uh, President Biden... Thinks he's going to see Hamilton. That's why he's coming to New York City. Yeah, So he's going to be shocked when everybody's standing there going, what are you going to do about the guns and the violence? Um, so CNN, obviously, uh, for those of us in the business, the media business, um, it has changed dramatically for the worse under this guy, Jeff Zucker. Now, if people don't know him, he uh, produced the Today Show for a while, was successful doing that. Then he went over to The Apprentice, where he and Donald Trump were best pals at one time. Uh, he did that for NBC, and then he got hired um, by AT&T to run CNN. And what he did was—he's uh, he, a guy uh, who likes money and power. Money and power is everything for him. Okay, uh, news, you know, loyalties—that—that uh, doesn't—and—and and in that he is. Uh, pretty much what most of these media moguls are, okay? So he takes CNN, he goes in there, and he basically says, look, I got to make my bonus money. This is what people don't understand. These people who run the media companies, they get a salary, but they get bonuses based on their ratings. So when Donald Trump comes in, and Trump at first thought Zucker, because he was his pal, they were buddies, was going to treat him fairly. But Zucker said, you know what? We'll mock him because he's a we, we'll make him a clown. This is when he was first running Donald Trump. And Trump is a ratings magnet for television. And so CNN's ratings, which were never very good, I mean, I kicked their butt for, what, 15, 16 years? Oh, it was a slaughter. I wiped Larry King off the face of the earth. When I took over at Fox News, Larry King was the king of cable, and we just wiped him out, okay? And then they let Larry go because of that. So anyway, um, when Trump came in, they mocked him, they this, but the ratings went up because Trump was saying all this crazy stuff. But then Trump got serious because the folks started to support him. So then Zucker said, yeah, now I'm going to go for the left, and I'm going to just crucify Donald Trump every day. And all the liberals will watch, and my bonus money will be saved because the ratings will go up. And that's what happened. So instead of being a news agency, CNN turned into an advocacy channel. And if you look at their lineup, every single one of their hosts is a liberal or a far-left person. Yep. Everyone. one. Yep. anybody that is not that. And Zucker was like singing along, and then Trump. Lost, and Biden came in, and CNN's ratings cratered. Everybody left, because there was nothing there but hate Trump. They had nothing else there. Mm-hmm. All right? Then AT&T sold Time Warner Media, that's, which controls CNN, to Discovery. And Discovery's taken over in May or June. They don't want Zucker, because he's a loser. And everybody knows it. So they found a way to get him. <laughs> right. right. Everybody so knew about this personal resume that, Rus- uh, that Zucker had. Everyone knew. So, But now, just like the movie Casablanca, <laughs> I'm shocked they're gambling here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's but the uh, same thing.
3: Apparently, Fredo Cuomo, though, he has uh, he has goods or something on Jeff Zucker. Of course you, he you, does. You don't think there's more to it than just that
0: relationship? I said from the very beginning on the Bernie and Sid show that Zucker knew everything that Chris Cuomo was doing. Because he's buddies with them in the Hamptons. Wow. Hey, can I have another <laughs> mojito? You know, <laughs> house and he knew everything that Cuomo did and then he throws Cuomo over the side and now Cuomo suing or will sue CNN for an enormous amount of money
4: yes Cuomo did say I'm coming after you Zucker and I guess Zucker called his bluff and uh, Cuomo turns out to win this one he wins a day because Zucker is gone now as uh, Bernie talked about Joe Biden in town today to speak to Kathy Hochul Eric Adams and a host of others but I get that this I got this text from Danielle a moment ago Bill She said this is based on the breaking news. She said, can you explain to me why I should care that some ISIS leader is dead, if he really is dead? Back here in the United States, we care about the economy, crime, COVID, race relations, and Afghanistan. Why are they pushing this on us? And I have to tell you, not because she's my wife and I love her, and I know you like it too. That's a brilliant question.
0: (laughs) Well, you're asking the wrong guy here because my book, Coming out May third is "Killing the Killers: A Secret War Against Terrorists." True, and you're gonna get, you guys are gonna get an advance copy probably in a week. Okay, when you read this book, Danielle's question will be answered. Oh, really? The, these are vicious people. These are people who Americans have no blank clue because there's no reporting, there's no journalists on the ground, there's not nothing It's all. Top secret stuff. We got what exactly is happening with ISIS. So when I heard it this morning, I wasn't surprised because there are ongoing operations against ISIS, al-Qaeda, the Taliban, others, and Americans have no idea, none. And these are lethal operations, and we take you inside those operations. I, You're going to know exactly I, what's happening.
4: And, and I can't wait to read the book, because if anybody knows it, it's you. But I have to tell you that when these things happen, it's not coincidence,
0: the timing. And, and oh, it, there's no doubt about it. Right. I mean, come on. That, if Danielle's point was, this is a wag the dog, right. to, to get us, uh, you know, we're tough guys, and Putin better watch out, Absolutely. No That's choice. 100% correct. So the Biden administration wants to put forth this, hey, they're not going to push us around. We just wiped out 18 uh, ISIS. Now, they might have been sheep herders for all we know. We don't know who they are. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Exactly. But I can tell you the sophisticated special forces operations are stunning. Killing the Kill is the best reporting I've ever done in my career. Wow where do you see this book and you won't be able to put it down um danielle you should grab the book away from sid before <laughs> it comes in read it if you to like it. it yeah
3: yeah hey bill o'reilly listen uh, i i mentioned we mentioned bill uh joe biden coming to new york city today meet with eric adams eric adams seems starstruck i mean there's nothing going to come of this today in fact it's going to be a lot of cringeworthy moments i believe what do you think
0: well what they're going to do is they're going to, here's how they're going to shape the narrative, and it's already done in advance. So when Adams, when the White House said, look, Adams, we're, we're going to bring a president in. Here's what you're going to do. So everybody needs to know this is choreographed, just like Hamilton. Yes. So there's a few photo ops. Uh, Hochul will be getting run, run right in there, even though she doesn't care at all about street violence in New York City. Obviously doesn't care. Never said anything about it. Um, so they're all going to be there. And then they're going to say, we're going to get tough on the guns. Not the gun criminals. Right. No. Right. Exactly. All right? The guns somehow walk down the street and then point <laughs> themselves and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're not going to hear, well, New York City's been soft on crime for eight years, and that's why we got dead police officers and pedestrians in the street. Not going to hear it. It's the guns. And there are 400 million guns now in the United States of America, and no one can control nope. where those guns go. You put, you buy them in Virginia, put them in a trunk of your car, you drive up, and you sell them in New York. Well, who's going to stop that? No one. Okay, it's impossible. But you can stop the people who are using the guns. You can. Absolutely. It's been done. Because... For 17 years, we did in New York City under Giuliani and Bloomberg. That's right. It was controlled. Yep. Not now. Well, Republican
4: leadership, that's the difference. Uh, You know, Bill, one of the uh, other aspects of this relationship, and the three of us are all very, very close. You may not say in public, but I will, Uh, is the sports relationship. You and I have been to Met Games together, which you take me to. I want people to know that. Uh, You take me to a Nick game coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited about that. And you've been on my sports show on Sundays here many, many, many times talking about the National Football League. This story just blew up the last couple of days. Snoop Dogg singing during the halftime show I am still going to watch the Rams versus the Bengals. So is Bernie. But people like Peter King, they're like, nope, I'm not even going to watch the game because they're so disgusted, as we are, with Snoop Dogg performing at halftime. Well, the, Where does the Bill Riley stand? the lyrics. The lyrics songs. The, yeah. That he's yeah. going to shoot cops.
0: Well, I mean, it's an embarrassment. It, it's an embarrassment for the National Football League to go from Paul McCartney, uh, Prince, these kinds of people who uh, traditionally – um, performed at halftime, yeah. to a slew of vile rappers. And what? why are we doing this? The Super Bowl is a time when people at parties, their families are together, they watch the game. Uh, it should be a very interesting game, okay? And then at halftime, last was it last year or the year and I think it was a year before they had Jennifer Lopez on a pole <laughs> two years on ago. a stripper
4: pole two years ago yes with the yeah, I was there
0: I was in the in the uh in miami for the game and I, and I was with my son and my son's looking at me and go why is that pole? I, I said you know it's an honor of the Polish people they wanted to <laughs> I, I mean what are you gonna say right, <laughs> right. what are you gonna say
1: yeah, no, so goodell
0: is- goodell presents this Stuff and if you look at the, if you if you Google the performers because there are others than Snoop Dogg, all right, and you look at the lyrics that they sell to kids. I mean, everyone's got to be appalled. So my question is, where's Earth, Wind and Fire? Why can't they be? Right. on what, Where's the Doobie Brothers? They're out for their fiftieth, uh, and they got Michael McDonald back, right. Right. right? Why can't we have these people? I agree. Why do we have to have a former crack dealer uh, who's screaming about killing cops? Why? See, exactly. Earthland and
4: Fire is a better example because Philip Bailey and those guys are black. That'll work. Oh, Doobie Brothers are too white. Can't do that. We have to appease everybody. Oh, we'll have them
3: both. Okay, we'll
4: good.
0: put them both on. I Two love stages.
3: It. Yeah, there we go. No, Roger Goodell is the oh the, oh. The I mean, and I head. know him.
0: He's And a I hate to kid. cut him up. And I know him, and, and uh, but he the, he has changed in the last six or seven years. And again, it. All comes back to money. I mean, he wants the money. And and by yeah. the way, this Super Bowl is going to be the lowest-rated Super Bowl in quite some time. It will. Really? Why well, is that? Well, Peter King isn't watching. <laughs> yes. So you know, Peter King's got a lot. His extended family. I mean, that's a right. couple of rating points, right? The, right?
3: Way, the way Roger Goodell sucked up to Black Lives Matter. After, oh. oh. After, I mean, it really was so nauseating, vomiting. And it's part of the reason why we have this lawlessness we we're experiencing today. And these two dead cops is Roger Goodell. And by the way, it is, also, the it, but it
4: is worth noting that while Goodell, are all the, he's all those things, I dislike him as much as you guys do. I really do. I think he's cowardice. He did not make the choice. These choices are made by Jay-Z. He hired oh, he Jay-Z hired.
0: to make these no, choices. But, but Goodell has veto power with Jay-Z. I know. I know. I
8: mean, I mean
0: come on. I wouldn't be surprised if Biden appoints Jay-Z Secretary of the Interior, okay? And then we're all going to be compelled to rap at least 15 minutes a day. Jeez. You know, come on. Don't give Goodell a pass on this. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's his fault. No,
4: but I I want Jay-Z to be part of the problem, too, is what I'm Uh, saying. Jay-Z,
0: come on. Guy's got 400 million dollars, you know, he's running around. Oh, oh my God. Big and bed. you know what? More power to Jay-Z if he can put that kind of coin together. But the way he does it, with all of this vile stuff directed at, at particularly minority children, oh, my God, think about it. Step back. Look at the lyrics. Yep, it's poison. It's poison oh, is what it is. You know, he's... Bill O'Reilly, you're
3: great on <laughs> uh, the so Bernie and Sid show. you just so, so good. BillOReilly.com. And, again, at 1 o'clock and 9 o'clock on 77 WABC. Bill, yes, yeah, so good. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll speak to you next week.
0: Okay, we're going to analyze at 9 o'clock tonight the uh, Biden visit, so I hope everybody tunes in. We will. We will. All right. See you guys soon.
4: All right. The great Bill O'Reilly and that new book is coming out. Don't forget, coming up next, he's running for governor, Congressman Lee Zeldin. He wants to talk about the Biden visit today, too, plus Pete Bernie. Stick around. The fourth and final hour is next.
1: Joe Lang,
4: come to me at 9.05. This was a classic. Oh, these are the days of cocaina and booze and nightclubs all across New York City and Long Island. Here we are at um, 9.06 now on this Thursday morning. That was a nice little run there between Steve Sharippa, Lydia Sarani, and Bill O'Reilly. We've got another great guest coming up right now. The pride of Shirley Long Island, as we've called them before. Congressman, great congressman, now running... For governor here in the state of New York, a dear friend of both of ours and John Katsimatidis, Lee Zeldin. Lee, good morning. Welcome back, buddy. How are you?
8: Good morning. Doing okay. Great to be with you.
4: Great to have you. So, you know, we've had, uh, to be completely honest, I know you know because you listen to the show anyway. We've had Rob Astorino on over the last couple of weeks. We've had Andrew Giuliani on over the last couple of weeks. I'm endorsing you. You know that. but. They're all good guys, and they're all on the right side, at least what we believe in uh, in terms of policy. And eventually, it's going to come down to the day, because right now it's very respectful among the three of you. Well, Lee, but but it's going to get to the point where if one of you guys wants to win that primary, it may not be as respectful. Are you ready for that?
8: Uh, I mean, listen, my focus is on November 8th right now, and every single day I take nothing for granted. Uh, And it's about earning the support of people, whether they are Republican, Democrat, anywhere in between, conservative, liberal, anywhere in between. And we're all focused on issues. For me, I'm focused on the New Yorker, who is hitting their breaking point because they can't afford to survive here, because they don't feel safe walking their streets. They feel like their freedom's under attack, the quality of their kids' education is being attacked. And I'm just going to keep focusing on the issues, regardless of whether it's February 3rd or it's... November 3rd, I mean, this is what the voters want us talking about.
3: Congressman Lee Zeldin on the Bernie and Sid show, a class act. It will be respectful, no doubt about it. Uh, but either way, uh, Congressman, before we speak to, to you about uh, Joe Biden, the president coming to, to New York City today, uh, let's talk a little bit about your your congressional district, the seat that you hold right now. Uh, I know you're running for governor. You're not running for Congress again, but there's a brazen Brazen power grab going on by the New York State Legislature to gerrymander uh, your district into uh, out of existence. Actually, you couldn't get elected probably if they if they implement what they want to implement.
8: Well, a couple of thoughts. First is the the will of the voters almost a decade ago, there was a constitutional amendment, came to a vote. The people of New York chose that they wanted the maps drawn by an independent commission. And then this past November, the will of the voters, again, they came out and voted against a a congressional, uh, constitutional proposition because they didn't want the legislature to have this partisan gerrymandering. So What can't be lost in this conversation is that the New York voters have spoken multiple times statewide votes as to exactly how they want this process to go. Now, when you look at these maps, what's interesting is people are analyzing it based off of November of 2020. And they're analyzing each of these districts of Trump versus Biden. And I would just offer that if it was February 3rd, 2022, Trump versus Biden, The numbers are different than when you look back in November 2020. A lot's changed. We saw it this past election with so much flipping from blue to red in Nassau and Suffolk District Attorney, and Nassau County Executive and Suffolk Legislature, New York City Council seats, and other parts of upstate uh, from Colony to Hornell, all flipping from blue to red. We saw it in Virginia. There was almost a huge upset for the governor of New Jersey. Uh, you have one-party rule at every level. So the, the and when analyzing these districts, if they tell you eh, Biden won this district in November of 2020 by you know eight points or ten points, well that means that you know Republicans can't win it. If that presidential election took place again today, it would be different results. Uh, so I, I think that's important too when looking at these congressional, state senate, state mm-hmm. assembly seats. Uh, I actually believe if I was running in that congressional seat, that I would win it. And I'm also confident that we're going to hold it. It's just November 2022, in my opinion, this upcoming election, November 8th, I believe it is going to be the biggest Republican wave of my lifetime. That's the way it's shaping up, and and every single day it only becomes more likely.
4: Well, I there like you that. have it. I yes, like Congressman Lee Zeldin also are running for governor. You know, a lot of folks that do have the chance to talk to President Trump say, hey, uh, Donnie, baby. You're better off not talking today. Just don't say anything, because Joe Biden continues to bury himself more and more every day. Now, today he'll boast about this ISIS killing, but the truth is he's doing a horrible, horrible job kind of the same thing with you and Kathy Hochul. I mean, the more that this lady talks, whether it's mandates, vaccines, masks, whether it's uh, not taking Alvin Bragg to task, whether it's not repealing uh, bail reform, the more that this lady talks and the more that this lady does, I believe, makes your job even easier. How about that, Lee Zeldin?
8: I mean, I, I agree on the policy and the rhetoric. You know, It's bad enough when Alvin Bragg gets elected and says he's going to refuse to enforce the law across the board with many crimes and downgrade a whole bunch of other crimes. It's worse that Hochul is refusing to remove him, even though she has the constitutional authority. Then, well, I, mean, I was in uh, Officer Rivera's funeral. Uh, I actually I saw you there, Sid, yep. um, as well. Um, and Kathy Hochul was there. And as you remember, when Officer Rivera's widow got up and spoke and talked about uh, the need to change laws and referenced Alvin Bragg, immediately the entire cathedral starts a standing ovation. You can actually go back and watch the video online of that standing ovation. The last person... In St. Patrick's Cathedral to stand up, very reluctantly, was Kathy Hochul. Uh, I, I,
4: I can't believe you said that because wow. I was sitting next to Joe Esposito, and I noticed that, and I'm like, is she not going to get up? And the exact quote was, the system has failed us. You're exactly rightly. She got up at the very, very end, and she nearly almost
8: didn't get up at all. And then later that day, she meets with Alvin Bragg. Obviously, she doesn't remove him, but going one step further than that, she doesn't – criticized the memo as a matter of fact this whole memo this controversial memo that's become national news I'm not aware of Kathy Hochul criticizing a comma in it let alone you know an entire proposal or the or the memo in its entirety as the rest of us have been criticizing she says that she wants to cut him some slack and that he he's doing his job so you know, and this is just one example I mean Kessel's Bell she says she needs to see the the data needs to see the data. How about you collect you know a thousand press clippings and say, "I have a thousand press clippings on my desk of people." who have gone out and committed additional offenses or this person got hurt because of Castle's Bail or this law enforcement uh, officer didn't uh, have the backs of elected officials. We have the, the information we need to make these changes. We know what the answer is in our gut. As, I'm not talking about as you know, Bernie and Sid or as Lee Zeldin. I'm talking about every single one of your listeners, every person who's listening to this, have, I, I'm sure... Smart, instinctive, common-sense judgment, realizing these are basics that need to change in order to secure our streets.
3: No, she, uh, Kathy uh, Hopeless Hochul, she's a pandering, uh, cowardly disgrace. i got to tell you, it really sickens me, the whole no-cash-bearer, refusing to call out the state legislature. and uh, Forget about refusing to call them out, siding with them, essentially. Uh, Lee Zeldin on the Bernie and Citra running for governor of the state of New York, C- currently congressman from long island and he's a great guy look joe biden's coming to town he's going to meet with eric adams uh they're going to solve the crime problem here in new york city i, I guess what 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 do you expect from this meeting today
8: well first off what can't get lost on this conversation you and i just had about cashless bail is that this was part of joe biden and kamala harris's proposal for the country they want cashless bail nationally. And I believe that while Mayor Adams is calling for changes up in Albany, he also needs to take this opportunity to tell not just President Biden, but the people who are with him who are actually running the show, tell all of them what the impacts are of these soft on crime policies. Jen Psaki uh, says she was laughing. She says she doesn't even know what it means, consequences of soft on crime policies. Well, Mayor Adams should take this opportunity to let them know what that is. Now, they're going to be talking about illegal guns, and I have no problem with having that conversation about illegal guns, but don't try to make believe that all these other crimes that are happening all across New York City all have to do with guns. If you're Uh, melissa go who's pushed into an oncoming subway car and you lose your life if you're punched in the face because you're wearing a yarmulke because you're jewish or because you're asian if you're a small business having to go out of business because people are looting you all the time and you can't afford it and they're walking past security no consequences you could go through the list of all of the different crimes taking place in and around new york city that have nothing to do with guns So if if they want to talk about illegal guns as one part of a conversation today, I'll point out, I'll be the first one to point out to you that these illegal gun crimes qualify for, you guessed it, cashless bail. So we could talk about illegal guns. But don't try to make it out to be like that's everything that we're experiencing.
4: No, you're right. And by the way, Hochul's there, too, Bernie and Lee, at this meeting. It's not just Adams and uh, Biden. Hochul's there, too.
3: One police plaza, yeah. That's right. So so
4: you said, uh, Lee, at the top of the conversation when I said, listen, at some point, uh, the kumbaya between you, Andrew, and Rob and others running for governor, it's going to get a little nasty. It just is. You can be respectful all you want. But one of you guys has to explain why you're better than the other. And that tends to get every now and then a little rough. But you also said you're out there looking to get every vote, Republican, Democrat. We've been kind of going back and forth on this show. Bernie feels really, really confident that New Yorkers have had enough, that folks have figured this thing out, and that he feels that uh, there may be a moment right now if these two cops were killed that moves our town, our city, our state in a different direction. When you say you're looking to get Democrat votes... You sound like you agree with Bernie. You think that folks here have seen enough to say, this ain't working, I'm ready to vote the other way. You feel
3: that way?
8: A hundred percent. I've been to Flushing, Queens many times. I'm talking to Asian American voters there who many of them are loyal liberal Democrats, and they are with us. And they're talking about public safety, and they're talking about the violence targeting Asians. They're talking about uh, the proposal to get rid of gifted and talented, or uh, with the specialty schools. When I'm meeting with the black pastors and the First Ladies in Sunnyside, Queens, or the Hispanic voters in the South Bronx, or the Russian voters in Brighton Beach, I've been all over the city meeting with a whole lot of different Democrat voters, and they are with us their most important issues we're on the right side of now i mean listen as far as you know who the republican nominee is going to be i mean i got in this race april 8th we've raised over 8.4 million there've been hundreds of endorsements from elected officials uh, and others we've received 100% of you know those endorsements from members of congress and state senate and assembly and county execs and sheriffs and others uh, I have won seven consecutive races in purple New York City suburban districts. I know how to get votes from Democrat, earn votes from Democrats and independents. I've taken out two incumbents. I had a tough Republican primary along the way. And we just keep on winning. And I plan on keeping this winning streak alive. The issues are on our side. We have a great team, good organization. Six months into this campaign, I had already campaigned in every single county in New York at least twice. Wow. Some 12, 15-plus times as keep on going. We know what we have to do in the bluest of areas inside of New York City. We know what we have to do in the reddest parts of New York Far away from New York City, we just have to take nothing for granted, work hard, all in. And I predict that Bernie and Sid, spot on when you talk about what is possible and what is actually going to happen because this is a last stand where losing is not an option. This isn't some slogan. Our state is, you know, we could talk about a breaking point of an individual. This is a breaking point for our state. We will win this race. Because we have to win this race.
3: My wow. God. That oh, is a come man on, on baby. a mission. I love Come that. on, Lee. Come on. Congressman <laughs> Lee Zeldin running for governor of the state of New York. You were terrific, uh, governor. Uh, uh, premature. No, say it. Just say it. Say it. Governor Zeldin, <laughs> you were absolutely fantastic. You give us give us hope. And uh, Lee Zeldin, where can we go to donate? Just, just tell us that.
8: ZeldinforNewYork.com. zeldi It's all one word. Is that the number four? New York.com on social media, too.
4: Is that number four or F-O-R?
8: F-O-R. You the man. You're going to win this
4: race, Lee. Thank you so much for hopping on. We love you and continued success, okay?
8: I love you, too, guys.
4: Take care. Hey, uh, Bernie, there you go. He uh, he agreed with you. He thinks that. uh, I brought that up. Just
3: I was hoping he would agree with you. He did agree with you, and that's good news. I think, uh, yeah, we've reached a tipping point here. Uh, There's an awakening going on, and... uh, I hope we're right. I hope we're not disappointed, and uh, and it, it, it's not occurring, but I believe it is. So uh, it's good to hear Lee Zeldin say so, and uh, he said so with uh, he was resolute about it. Right didn't away. not equivocate whatsoever. No, he said 100%. And
4: yeah. uh, Listen, the future of our state may depend on whether or not you and Lee are actually right, and I hope you are. 1-800-848-WABC, a contestant for Beat Bernie comes your way. In about uh, 15 minutes, your chance at a $100 gift card courtesy of Pete Morgan and peerless borders and a WABC Barry House coffee mug, 1-800-848-9222. Short break. Still lots more to do. More from the cast. Pete, Bernie, and you guys on the phones right after this. Beautiful girls
8: all,
10: all
3: over the world. world. I could be chasing, but my time, time
6: would, would be, be wasted. wasted. They, they got, got nothing, nothing on, on you, you baby. baby. Sing it me
0: on you, no fine, back here the on the Bernie Br-
3: and Sid show, everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast, on Eastern Long Island, News no. Talk no 107.1 FM. Also, no. you can watch us on no, your smart TVs, on your computers at WABC Radio TV, folks. Check it out. It's an interesting watch, I got to tell you. So we learned today, Sid Rosenberg, as the imbecile in chief comes to New no, York City. Uh, the day after the, the second funeral, well, the second cop to die from uh, that shooting a week and a half ago, uh, we learned that Susan Sarandon is a piece of garbage. She tweeted out some uh, a picture of the, the police on Fifth Avenue. Well, we knew
4: that before. This was not the first time, but this one
3: is. This is disgusting. Young this is particularly yes. I mean, you have a 27-year-old dead young Dominican immigrant police officer who was doing the right thing for his community. And this is her takeaway, is that these cops, are, what are they doing in the streets? They, they must not be needed because there's crime co- being committed elsewhere, or maybe not. I mean, that was her implication. And then she tweeted it along with uh, another tweet that called the police in the streets that said this is what fascism looks like. Susan Sarandon, a lowlife, the low life of the day. How about that?
4: I'll go with that. Low life of the day. And, again, she's probably won that award before. Although the reason why I don't love that is because it's way too similar. You keep bringing up, uh, it's funny, MSNBC and I miss and how he kind of started the whole cancel culture thing and the Whoopi Goldberg comparisons. Very similar to what Keith Olbermann used to do back then every single night. We had like the loser of the world, which you won a couple of times. So did I. So did Mike Rancesa. What was his thing? The the worst person yeah, in the world. The or wor- worst like that? person
3: in the world. Yes.
4: That's her today. She's the worst person in the world.
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just wanted to you, you, just check it out, folks. It's just I mean, if, if you, you watch the uh, the movies, you love her, blah blah blah. And on a day like yesterday, tweet something like that. Uh, anyway, just uh, I think we have some calls. Uh, she did take up. it
4: like a champ, though, on that uh, kitchen table from Kevin Costner and Bull Durham. That was that was tremendous. <laughs> Well, maybe that mitigates uh, what she did yesterday. You can't huh? take that away from her unless, of course, it's like the Heisman, unless, of course, you're uh, O.J. Simpson.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I guess you can't. Well, I can erase that from my mind. What she did yesterday uh, just negates every everything in the past. Uh, I mean, it's just heart- particularly disgusting. But I understand we have some phone calls, Sydney, that we can take right we now. We do. People want to talk uh, to you,
4: Bernard. They love you. And why wouldn't they? You're such a cute kid. Number 5 line 5 is Frank in Greenwood Lake. Good morning, Frankie.
1: Hey, good morning, Sid and Bernie. It's
4: Bernie, up, I'm hoping you get well.
1: Yeah, I'm getting well. Thank and, you. I appreciate um, that. But the uh the fact uh working with and uh, sponsor, uh, you know, talking about the the Olympics, the way Chinese and the Russians have stolen the Olympics in the past, I I I don't think it's a good thing and and get NBC out of it too, because uh, they're as uh, liberal and uh, screwing up our country as anybody. So you're yeah.
4: saying that you will not watch the Olympics because of uh, the China thing? By the way, you're in the majority; you're not in the minority, Frank. So people tend to agree with you. You will not watch the Olympics. Well, I wasn't. I I haven't watched the Olympics since I
1: found out that the uh, the country of of uh, Taiwan could not march under their own flag because the Chinese protested it. And the, uh, the Olympic Committee said, okay, we'll go with China. Oh, yeah. And then the Russians in the past, in the 72 Olympics, I think it was, stole the uh, gold medal game in basketball. And when uh, we went up for the second prize, we wouldn't accept the silver medal.
3: And you make a great point about it being broadcast on NBC. They're particularly nauseating a network. It all combines to uh, give you a bad taste in your mouth. But if there are some, some specific uh, spectacular events, maybe I'll tune in. But for the most part, I'll read the results or whatever the hell's the, no, you know,
4: no, no! Don't do that now. You're gonna watch just like me the the figure skating and the speed skating
3: I and don't a, know. The, the ski long. Jo- uh, what? Uh, you got to go to Peacock? Dot. You got to go to the streaming service to find this stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah, tomorrow night you get you get the opening ceremonies. I'll check that out. I want right. to see what that looks like because right. in 2008, the Chinese put on a really, really good show, unique, original, not, not what you know what the Americans do. the... We have a stadium, and and then we, you know, like the Super Bowl. Some people perform in the middle. No, the Chinese thought out of the box. But, of course, they're an evil, evil, genocidal regime. But I still want to check it out tomorrow night. I think that's as, as much as, of the Olympics that I'm going to watch, to be quite frank.
4: All right, one more phone call. Uh, let's see. Um, Maria, we've got – how about Jeff in Clark, New Jersey? And he's talking about what Steve Sharippa clark new jersey where christina lives you know this guy i wonder if i know jeff let's um, find out i'm sure you do uh anyway uh offering tickets to go see sharipa and imperioli jeff what's going on pal
2: man, not too much man i love your show i'm with you guys uh start to finish every day you make my day
4: thank you and, thank uh, you thank you do you know christina from clark Christine. new jersey the beautiful christina you know her
2: no but she made a good move moving in that's uh <laughs> great talent. there you go all right chris
4: so what do you want? You want these tickets for uh, Schrippen and Perioli?
2: Absolutely, because it, uh, that, uh, that scumbag ruined New York City uh, <laughs> in about two days. That's good. Was, I like he, that. He's in, office, he, he's in office in two days, and the squeegee man came back, and you get harassed on the train, you get harassed on the bus. You know? So it wasn't long after that. You know, we kind of like uh, couldn't even go to the city anymore.
4: Said, I think he's always, a winner. So. I think he's a winner, too, right? I think he is, yes. He called uh, De Blasio a
3: scumbag. He right sto- there, but stop he- right there. But Maxine Waters says that. Yeah, well, uh, uh, well, then follow up with this uh, his, his, his other other comments as well. I say he he wins. He wins with two tickets. You remember yeah. when Maxine Waters kind of said the same thing about both De Blasio? What did you say there? What was
4: that? These
2: yeah. are a bunch of scumbags. Yes, go. The
4: same Bingo.
3: thing. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, she know what time it is. <laughs> no, no, good call, Chris. Uh, I think uh, yeah, you, you're going to go to the show see Steve Sharippa. February 12th at the St. George Theater out in Staten
4: Island. That is a big deal. One more call quickly, Bernie. Henry is in Pompton Plains on line six. Good morning, Henry. Good morning, guys.
1: Hey, I just wanted to uh, say, you know, uh, Sarandon said that the, you know, the cops are all at the parade, or uh, not the parade, but the funeral service there. And they made people forget that there's three shifts of cops, they are not all just on working day shifts. So there's 40,000 cops plus retired police officers and stuff. So that's what they see there, not the whole shift that nobody's watching the city.
3: Right, and then they so come from all over
2: some...
3: on, the, on their own time, on their own precious time. And for this creep to, to dismiss them the way she did is absolutely it's despicable to me. Agreed. Uh, Thank you for the phone call. Before we get to the clip
4: of the day, I just saw this from Janice Dean, who I spoke to at about 3.30 this morning. She's writing a brand-new book, which I'm a part of. And it's a column in what paper is this? Mayor Adams, he had dinner with Andrew Cuomo on Tuesday night at an eatery in Midtown Manhattan. And here's the headline. Mayor Adams, quote, I would be foolish not to get advice from Andrew Cuomo. I'd be foolish not to get advice from from Andrew Cuomo, are you with me yet, Bernie? Me he and Greg is, Kelly, uh, he, come on, come he on. Is, he, he is quite
3: the fool. I all mean, right. if come he thinks on. that. So are you there? Are you with us,
4: me uh, and Greg
2: Kelly? I, I,
3: I am. Uh, I am right one, one step away from being oh, there. God, what step. else? What else do I got? I got. You, you know, I tell you what, let, Simpson. Let, my God. Uh, let's wait and see what happens today. All right. What do you think is going to happen? Look, I just don't want to be premature. premature. And, yeah. He calls himself Joe Biden. He's I hanging agree. out with Andrew I Cuomo. I, I am calling he, him out on everything, on all these things. I'm still it's still it's he oh, hasn't yeah, been mayor yeah, yeah. for a month and it's yeah. already a disaster. A well, disaster. It it has been horrible, but uh I think you got to give him a little more time. But either way, well, I, I agree know. with you. He's a star-struck um, uh you know, uh, he he's, he's impressed with himself. He's a media whore. But uh, let's see what he does with crime here, with this anti-crime unit. Uh, I'm not pleased with that. They have to identify themselves by wearing NYPD jackets. So, I mean, you, it's so stupid. So you're, you're making my point? You, I don't All right, so, so I just don't want to make the hey, leap yeah, listen, into saying he's, uh, no, he's a t- failure.
4: Eric Adams, you want to be a real tough guy? You want to prove to people you're not afraid? Don't have dinner with Andrew Cuomo. Have dinner with Sid and Bernie.
3: Yeah, how about that? So I want to talk to you guys about
4: a uh, pint. Oh, I love this song. Play this for us a little bit. Van Diemen's Lay on the Edge. You too. rattling right home. Hold me now. This is a tweet that we put up at at 77WABC, at Talk Radio, 77WABC, our Twitter account. Our goal is to have our video go viral worldwide because the NYPD protects visitors from around the world when they visit us here in New York City. We wish to honor the life of Officer Wilbert Mora because he was not just an NYPD officer, but a symbol of law and order. Along with his partner, also killed in the line of duty that day, Officer Jason Rivera, not James. WABC Radio and Times Square's initiative honor police officer Wilbert Mora today in the crossroads of the world on one of the most famous buildings in the world, One Times Square. We are happy to have this tribute to his life, but wish it wasn't for his sacrifice. This is very cool. This is actually the, um, like the big the signage there in uh, Times Square, right? Yeah, right in Times Square. And we got this done. Yeah. Geez, I got to tell you, this Don Katzimatini says he's something else. It's something every day. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, Right, Christina? It's so cool. Yeah, I
7: saw that on uh, Instagram, actually, yesterday. And I was like, wow, 77 WABC is no joke. No joke. Amazing.
4: We're in yeah. Times Square, Christina. Yeah. We're a big deal. That's a great job, especially for these two guys. God knows. God rest both their souls. They certainly deserve it. So, nice job. John at 77 WABC. Let's play some Beat Bernie.
0: Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You
1: think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Right.
4: Joe is in Brookhaven this morning. Joseph, good morning. How are you, pal?
2: Good morning, Bernie. Good. Thank you, sir. Love it. Love your show. Yeah, I'm Sid, but
4: you were close.
2: Oh, You're- Sid. I'm in my bed. Yes, <laughs> I'm a little. I'm nervous. I'm nervous.
4: Oh, don't be nervous. We're just talking. You'll be great. What? You're a contractor. That's a big deal. I love contractor guys. You're a real tough guy. I like that.
2: Ah, I like to think so. I'm a. I'm a. I got ten kids. I'm out here. I just trudge, trudge out to work every day. That's all. Swing a hammer for forty years.
4: You've got what? Did you say you've got ten kids?
2: Ten kids. I'm a dumb Irishman. I don't know. No, no th- Don't
4: say that. You just got a. Uh, you've got a uh, mega penis. I mean, whatever you do, it just uh, you're, you're good at it.
2: <laughs> uh I uh, the only way I can keep my beautiful wife.
4: I understand. Believe Bad me. Foot
2: pregnant, right?
4: The old days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go, Joe. Number one, the eighth president of the United States was the first to be born a U.S. citizen. Who was he? The eighth president of the United
2: yeah. States. Yes. Was the first to be what?
4: To be born a U.S. citizen.
2: I thought they all had to be U.S. No. citizen. All right. Well, I don't understand that. James Madison, incorrect. <laughs>
4: Martin Van Buren. Ferries en route to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty
2: leave from where? I'm sorry. Repeat. I'm apologize.
4: Ferries en route to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty
2: leave from where? They leave from downtown uh, Manhattan. I know,
4: but what's the exact area? Come on, very Dob nice. Doc Ferry.
2: Wrong, you two-legged oh. back of that.
4: Oh. Battery Park, Battery Park. Number three, oh. what children's show character did Senator Ted Cruz call out for engaging in government propaganda for promoting vaccines on Twitter?
2: Children's yeah, big time. Dip.
4: I'll give you a hint. Bo Dido yes. also used this as a nickname for Bill de Blasio. Oh, Big Bird. Yes! Ah! <laughs> That's actually, believe it or not, Bo Dito's nickname is more famous than Sesame Street. There are four state capitals that are named after military heroes. Name one, just one.
2: Uh, military heroes. Uh, it wouldn't be Lee. Uh, State Capitals, not Albany, let me think. Uh, running out of time, three seconds. Running out of time. Uh, Washington, I don't know. No. Wrong, you uh, like
4: Nash for Nashville, Tennessee, Montgomery, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, and Carson. Carson City, Nevada. Finally, in what New York town would you find the Baseball Hall of Fame? Cooperstown. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got uh, two right. We'll see if Bernie fares any better. Joe will put you on hold. Joe, the uh, the father of 10, that's unbelievable. I got two kids. I'm a mess. Like, I'm a mess. Like, Gabe and Abe, they I don't know what to do. Yeah, but are they all from the same family? I didn't ask him. Like a Sean Kemp situation? Exactly. Nah, he's Irish. He's a good guy like you. They're all the same. Poor if, you lady? Divvy, if you divvy him up, it's a little easier, I His think. It's Paul White. If you divvy him up. All right, three right, you win. Okay, handsome? I'll take it. The eighth president of the United States was the first to be born
3: a U.S. citizen. Who was he? The eighth president was the first to be born a United States citizen? That's right, Wallace. Uh, the eighth president was, Uh Martin Van Buren. Oh, he was so sexy. When you talk about
4: Martin Van Buren, I don't know what's sexy. Uh, he was a New Yorker, too. Look, is there anything not. more sexy than when Bernie talks about Martin Van Buren? Anything?
6: I, I can't think of a single
4: Me thing. either. I'm with you. Ferries en route to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty leave from where? To, uh, say that again, please. Ferries that go to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, where do they leave from? Where are the from ferries? The, the Battery. The, 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 That's or right, the Battery, the battery Park. Yes, what children's show character did Senator Ted Cruz call out for engaging in government propaganda for promoting vaccines on Twitter? Um, SpongeBob. Oh wrong your two legged back of that. No, I gave the guy a hint. It's the same it's a nickname that Bo Deedle gave for Bill De Blasio.
3: Oh uh uh uh, uh, uh Street. Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, big bird, uh, big, big bird. bird, big bird, of course. Yeah.
4: Number four, one more you still win. There are four state capitals that are
3: named after military heroes. Can you give me one? Named after military heroes. That's I would right, say, Spanky. I'd say uh Jackson, yes, uh Mississippi. There yeah. you go.
4: Nashville, Tennessee, Montgomery, Alabama, Carson, Carson City, Nevada, and Jackson, Mississippi. You've already won today's game, but in your effort to go four out of five, Bernard, in what New York town would you find the Baseball Hall of Fame?
3: Cooperstown,
4: bro. 4-2, to your final score today. Again, the champ wins. The brilliant, my partner, Bernie McGurk. Bernie,
3: say hello to Joe in Brookhaven. Joe, how you doing, my bro?
2: Bernie, good morning, sir.
3: Hey, Joe, are you you the guy with 10 kids?
2: Yes, sir. Seven God. boys, three girls.
3: God I bless. Where'd you raise them?
2: them? We're out here, right here. Brookhaven, Long Island, out on the East End. It's,
9: Good uh,
2: man. Like I said, my, my wife from Garden City, so I kidnapped her. I brought her out here to the country. She she hates it. And uh, like I was telling that's the only way I could keep her barefoot and pregnant. But yeah. now nah, I got a saint. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I got a saint for a wife. But, uh, Listen, I wanted to ask. Patrick Ewing, I'm listening to you guys for days. Never forgive him. 1995.
4: Remember the finger roll? Oh, gets the Indiana Pacers. Right. Yes, the yes. Wall rolled he off the dunk it. and he didn't dunk exactly. it. Right. I mean, Charles Smith also didn't dunk it against Chicago. But you're right. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to for me. It's hard to criticize Patrick Ewing. Uh, Joe, you did a great job. Thank you for playing. But we want to get some of the uh, calls in, some of the cast in at the end of the show. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Nice win, Bernard. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. <laughs>
0: Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
4: Good tune, Howard Jones. uh, This is um, Hide and Seek. Very good, Wallace. All right, there, 956, wrapping up another great show. My God, Bill O'Reilly, Steve Sharippa, Lee Zeldin, Bernard on Fire. Me doing my thing and the rest of the cast. All right, let's wrap it up with the thought of the day. We'll start with you, Justin. What is your thought of the day?
5: Like an original thought or
4: no, something? No, that... copy somebody else. I'll be better.
5: Play, what? Play, Do you, you have any mind. original thoughts? Holy uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> whole <of> Joe Biden. <laughs> well, speaking of Joe Biden, he is coming to town today. So, uh, you know. That's your thought? Yeah, that's okay. a big story. Joe Biden's that's a big, big story. Town. Thank you very I'm, much. Like burn I'm looking forward to what might come of it.
4: All right, that's, that's a good thought of the day. That's very good. Uh, not original, but very, very good. Let's go to Luke Magrano. Luke, what you thought of the day today?
6: I just can't stop thinking about the roads right now, Sid. The, the roads going <laughs> to be a mess all day from Biden you're coming.
4: You're hilarious. To you have do you you dove into this profession and you're like
6: it, it's all you can think about. Well, listen, Sid. A lot of Manhattan's going to be impacted today by this. I understand. Everyone's going to be sitting in the car, and they're going to hate I me it. because I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. But you don't have a girlfriend right now, and it's difficult to make love to the Southern State Parkway. Uh, that's very true. It's tough to make uh its tough to, to bring a road home and, and introduce a <laughs> Not, not impossible. Not impossible. What do you have—what do you know that I don't, Justin? Oh, my God. Do you and the, uh, do you and the Gowanus have something I don't know about? <laughs> the
4: Gowanus. He goes, the Gowanus. Uh, Christina. What's for you? What's the story of the day today?
7: So you know I walked in pretty ticked off over Susan Sarandon's yes, tweet. I had yes. some choice words to say about her. They weren't very nice. No. So my thought is is this. I'm very annoyed and frustrated with the Hollywood elite who makes millions and billions of dollars and travels around with their armed security guards and live behind their gates I'm trying to insinuate that – we need to get rid of the police and stand on stage at award shows and spew their political advice at us, and it's frustrating. We are normal people. We don't have your life. Stop insinuating we need to get rid of the police. We need them. Right. Stop
3: hating on the country that gave you all these riches. That's
7: right. Yep.
2: Well, you're that? not a
4: normal person. You live in Clark, New Jersey. <laughs> fancy. Uh Mike Garcia, what is your thought of the day?
2: I still can't keep thinking about the fact that the three of us are going to look... Extinguishable either tomorrow or next week. We what word, say, is we, we word is that? We extinguishable. Oh, uh, Bernie, is that di- a
3: word? He means distinguishable. <laughs> But, but we get we get the thrust. No, 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 of it. No, no, no,
2: I'm going to use my word. Okay. If there's okay. a fire, though, we're going to be extinguishable.
3: Means means that that somebody's going to extinguish you. You're going to put you out. Going to kill you because he's going to be so
6: hot, Burn. Yeah, he's Mike's so on hot. fire today, Burn. Come oh, on, my like God. they
3: extinguished a whole family out in Syria. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they our did. Special forces. did. No, they did. They killed uh, 13 people, including children, is what uh, we're reading today. Six kids. Yeah. yeah. The Hamas squad's going to be very, very pissed off. What? <laughs>
4: I mean, didn't we uh, try to kill some ISIS guys too by the airport in Afghanistan? And ended up blowing up like a whole like two innocent families instead. Yeah,
3: uh, this is what they're going to seize on him, uh, the killing of the kids. But uh, either way, the guy was probably a, a, a low life, uh, violent cockroach. Yeah, of he, course, he deserved to be taken out. Of course. And uh, when you know, collateral damage. He was hiding amongst the kids, so he blame him. Right. He, they use kids as uh, human, human shields. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. You going to watch curling 3? What are you going to do? Uh, curling. Uh, I hope I taped it from last night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it is. Uh, it's so so exciting. <laughs> I you know, know, sweeping the ice and watching uh, <laughs> something float down. I don't. I don't That's
4: stupid. Is that? I'm with you. Hey, uh, you were great today. That was a great show. I love you. Get some rest. Okay. Look who's talking there, big guy. All right, buddy. I love you. That's Bernie McGurk. I'm Sid. We'll all be back tomorrow morning at six a.m. Will Howard Jones hide and seek on the way out.